They're evil. Signs of evil. That's like saying you can all act the paper bag. Now. Hi everybody and welcome once again. The world famous. Yeah, that are hatched from a dead rooster. Welcome, everybody, to the Roundtable Show right here on PSN Radio, the first comic book roundtable show that actually matters on the internet. With me tonight, as always, is the one and only Johnny Alpha. Johnny, say hi to the crowd. How are you guys doing out there? Joining us is the one and only, the incredibly talented Mr. Christopher J. Brown, who is all over PSN Radio these days. Christopher, how are you doing, sir? I am all over, like... Well, I don't want. I'll be. I'll be. Kind, I'll be nice with what I'm. You're all over. I am all over. Look, you're all over PSN. Like Fifty Cent was all over the streets in 2003, huh? <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. There Actually, we go. I want to hear Chris do a cover. For that's my favorite, like old school Fifty song, and like I think I think Chris would rock 50. that. I think he could. I, I, I'm with you 100% on that. I am, of course, Angel Espino, the uh, host tonight on the show. We're a little bit light when it comes to the roundtable members. We're, we're missing. Zod Ryder, who normally is with us, uh, Oscar Benjamin, who hasn't been with us much. <clears throat> Oscar, yeah, that's that's on you, buddy. And Cali guy said he's going to be here with us tonight because we have a lot to talk about. In fact, one of the main topics of discussion tonight is a little movie coming out this week. It's a little independent film uh, by a Just small, a small time studio called uh, Disney. Is it Disney Marvel? Something like that. Disney Marvel. Something like that, yeah. Right? It's a little tiny, small movie called Civil War, Captain America 3. I don't know if you guys have heard of that thing coming out. Yeah, no, I mean... No, it's only no like buzz, there, right? It's, it's got no buzz. Kind of. This movie, no buzz. Only losers, Just Nolanites, virgins want to see it. Right, only only virgin Nolanite, Marvelites, and uh, people with no lives want to see this movie, which apparently there's a lot of, a lot of people like that in this yeah, country. 99% of the people that sign on to Rotten Tomatoes. Apparently, because this movie is just getting an amazing, amazing amount of good reviews on not only Rotten Tomatoes, but all over the blogosphere and the internet. I mean, it's just, it's doing phenomenally well with, uh, you know, the people that need to see the movie first, the critics. And the word of mouth is getting out there, and the, the word of mouth has been phenomenal so far. Everybody who's seen it has said a few things. Best Spider-Man ever, best comic book movie ever. Uh, best they MCU did, movie ever. Best MCU movie ever. I've heard that a couple times. Also, I've heard this is the movie that BVS should have been. I've heard that also several times. This movie is going to be phenomenal. In fact, I saw earlier today. I was reading up on some of the uh, predictions for the uh, box office totals uh, once they're released, and they're saying this is going to be somewhere north of two hundred million dollars opening weekend in the U.S., which would put it in Star Wars territory. 
Well, I mean, it's already done record busters when it opened in England and Australia, which is weird because it's a character. Right. It's, it's such an American character. You would think, why the hell would the Aussies and the Brits give a damn about Captain America? But, man, they went out in droves to see both Winter Soldier and this one. And just like Winter Soldier, it opened really big in both foreign markets. So um, I think that it's going to do pretty much better than what Winter Soldier did. And Winter Soldier is by far one of the best-selling and considered best MCU movies th- thus far as well. So... I mean, like, and, I'm thinking worldwide, like, it's going to do almost um, one and a half billion. I, I'd say um, 1.2, 1.3 around there. It's uh, it's pretty uh, safe at this point to predict. Uh, it definitely is going to make over 400 million domestically. I mean, this thing is tracking. Uh, in fact, it's funny because it's tracking 5% lower than Age of Ultron. Just wow. 5%. Think about See, that. I would put it above it because it's got Spider-Man in it. You know, like I was really hyped for Age of Ultron because it had Vision in it, but I don't think a lot of people felt that way. But this has Spider-Man in it, which is like Daily Butthole Spidey and a bunch of other people will tell you that like, dude, Spider-Man. <laughs> Daily Butthole most, Spidey. <laughs> and Spider-Man's the most popular character in the world. Every eight-year-old goes apeshit when they see him because he's got subliminal messages written in his webbing or something. But yeah, I mean like Spider-Man is, it's going to be a huge draw. It's going to be a lot bigger than Doomsday was. I can tell you that for nothing. Yeah, because Spider-Man really was the one that came, you know, out of all the comic book movies that really made the big bow. I mean, it was, of course, you go back to Christopher Reeves with with Superman, and that was a big hit. And No, you could check this back. But did they have any other superhero movies that really came along? uh, Well, yeah, if you had inflation, if you had inflation, you can add the Batman 89. I mean, with inflation, that movie was huge. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, but you can Toby track Spider-Man McGuire came out with those original Batmans there. I mean, to me, that's where the first two were great. I mean, you could trace Spider-Man's like love all the way back to the '60s when he, he debuted as a comic book character. He was one of the first to have his own um, uh, uh, cartoon lines and so on. I mean, like, and he's just just built like a, a freight train. That's why he was one of the first guys to have a really huge movie because they knew that. Spider-Man could draw the crowds that would make the money that Sony sunk into Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. I mean, because like it, he has just such a huge onboard fan base already. Now you're actually not too far off when you said earlier that Spider-Man is the most popular uh, character worldwide with kids. I mean, Spider-Man is the uh, most sellable comic book character. I mean, everything that they put out sells like crazy. Um, I don't know how much that would add to the to the overall domestic total or the box office totals of this movie uh but we kind of compare like to the batman effect that they tried to do with batman versus superman where they added batman into the superman franchise into the sequel thinking that was going to give it a huge amount of box office returns do you think this is going to be bigger than that guys or do you think it's going to be somewhere around the same and that didn't really add a whole lot batman didn't add a whole lot when you look at the box office totals of uh, pbs yeah, but people were already angry about Ben Affleck Batman. People were already like um reading the early reviews from um I everybody's already saying that this Tom Holland kid is playing a phenomenal Spider-Man. He has the perfect suit. I mean, he actually his suit looks like it's from the comic books. And from the one thing where like we were talking about where he catches Winter Soldier's arm and goes, "Oh, you got a robot arm. That's cool." I mean, that's actually like a Spidey type line. So it looks like we're actually going to get Spider-Man on film finally. And I think that right. that's going to be a big draw to people being excited about Spider-Man being in this film more than say Batfleck because you know, Batfleck was a, a controversial thing all the way through mm. the production of that movie. Tom Holland Spider-Man just kind of went like, oh, fuck me, another one. Oh, I hope the kid just picked <laughs> off. You know what I mean? That's how it was yeah. received. 
Yeah. <laughs> looking back now, in uh, hindsight, they always say it's twenty twenty. But looking back on it now, how you know bad do you think the decision was to cast Ben Affleck as Batman? Not bad at all. I think he was one of the only saving graces of the movie. Of course, they wrote his character very stupidly, but I think like if he got his way, and I think his solo film is probably going to be magnificent, to tell you the truth. Could be. I, Could be. I, did, I don't know. I think they just you know should have just went back to Michael Keaton myself. I mean, hey, he's back wow. on top now. Come on. Yeah, but he's like really old and really fat. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey. Grandpa you know, Batman. He gets old too. Come on. I mean, you know, this <clears throat> I'll tell you what, if they did Batman Beyond and they needed old Bruce Wayne to, like, talk to Terry McGinnis, yeah, get Keaton. That would be epic. But um, I don't see him coming back and actually being the Cape Crusader um, in his shape and age right now. Sure. But, no, no, no. But he was great in his day. I will give was, that. He was, though. He was. And look, I'm looking at the box office totals for the uh, first Spider-Man movie that came out with Sam Raimi um, in 2000. What was it? 2000. And uh, two or three, yeah, two thousand two. It May had 30. the biggest opening ever at its time. I mean, like, right. of course, that was a time ago. Yeah. But domestically, it brought in four hundred and three million. Uh, worldwide total was eight hundred and twenty-one million. Now that's in two thousand and two, yeah. with the adjusted, you know, in you know, if you look, if you put just a three D in there, you put a you know IMAX, uh, all these added things. Uh, this movie would have made easily six seven hundred million dollars in today's yeah. inflated market. Uh, look at the second one, Spider Man Two, made less money, made three seventy three. Uh, 783 worldwide. It's considered a better movie. Funny yeah, 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 I, I it's thought one it was of the best ones. Yeah, it's yeah. A, a lot of people consider that to be like the best comic book adaptation ever. But uh, it's funny that made a little bit less money than the third one made, uh, 336, which again made less That's money scary. domestically, but it made more money on, on a global scale. It made over 800 and uh, let's see 890 million worldwide. So it was a huge hit globally. But then the two Amazing Spider-Man movies kind of like dwindled out. The last one flopped badly at the box office, but still a flop that made $700 million worldwide. That's a hell of a flop. Yeah, no, that's, that's BVS type stuff right there, man. Like, I'm pretty sure the, the fans of it are, like, defending it. Like, that's not flopping. That's that's a success, man. <laughs> that's making money. <laughs> you know, but and it's funny that you compared it because it is kind of BVS-ish, but it's funny that this got canned after this movie. They canned the entire project that they had going forward. Remember, they were going to do Sinister Six and all these spinoff movies uh, in that universe, and they scrapped everything to join up with Marvel and and, and do the Marvel MCU. And, you know, and now we're hearing about rumbles uh, within the uh, the Justice League project that a certain uh, you know certain folks within the WB are a little bit upset with what's been going on with the uh, box office totals of BVS, and they're butting heads with Zack Snyder. Um, I don't know if you guys heard, I don't know if this is part of uh, the news uh, stuff you guys had prepared, but uh, there is talk that, uh, of course, right now we, we already heard that the uh, director for The Flash left the project. Uh, there's also rumors that maybe there is problems within the Aquaman project as well. You yeah, guys heard James about this? Wan is, yeah, um, I heard a little bit about that, and I did know that there was an Aquaman in works, and... Well, even when a hack like James Wan is getting, getting, what's it called? He's getting cold feet and stuff about the project. Yeah, yeah, that 
Yeah, that that that's a foretelling sign. I mean, the, James Wan's not known for making. At least I don't know him for making good films. I mean, probably Fast and the Furious Seven is, or did he do seven or six? Was probably like the best thing he's made. He's known for Saw, which were garbage well, films. They, so. I have to say, I'm not a fan of any of those type of movies. Those Fast and the Furious. I, Me I just can't. Not a fan. If if it, if that's what he's working on, and he's any comparison to that thing. Well, I'm gonna have to pay me to see it. So, well, yeah, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Like, he makes these, and he's worried about his Aquaman movie being yeah. shit. Like that, that's gotta tell you something. You know what yeah. I mean? That, 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 that was my point. Exactly. I, it's a great idea, but I really don't know. I mean, gosh, where could they go with an Aquaman? I mean, really, only thing Aquaman ever really did was just have his tele- his telepathy with the animals, the sea creatures. I mean, is he, he going to control the, the ocean's animals? He control the ocean animals, so he's going to get the shark out to attack. The hey, hey, shark, Sharknado four, Sharknado four. Sharknado, he's going to cause a Sharknado to come in and get him. So I see it. Okay, I see where the plot's going. But, Which uh, one was it? Did they do part six or part five? Because I know Justin, Justin Lin, Justin Lin did part five. I think, I think six. that what, I think Wan did the newest one seven. Really? Yeah, I, I think. See, Justin Lin also did Tokyo Drift. Too Fast, Too Furious. That was John. Wow, John Singleton did Too Fast, Too Furious. Yeah, that. that's that. Missed, that's what pissed me off because he was like the best filmmaker to ever work on one of those movies, and he made the worst one. It's beyond how does me. That happened. Yeah, how does that <laughs> happen? How do you do that, John Singleton? How do you mess that up? That epically bad. Uh-huh. Hey, look, Gal Gadot. Yeah, that's how she kind of got famous in the U.S. That's yeah, how I James, hers. Yeah, James Wan. Well, it, it, to be fair, Furious 7 uh, did make over a billion five. So, I mean, it made a ton of money. Uh, but that, of course, had the uh, the selling point that Paul Walker had just passed away. And everybody who was uh, emo about his death, you know, went over to see the movie because of him. Yeah, it was, it was, it was like so, the Dark It was like Knight a love letter to him. him. Yeah, it was like Dark Knight all yeah. over a massive, huge intake there in the box office. I mean, a billion foreign market and three two hundred fifty-three million uh, domestic. That, that was a huge box office total. But who would have thought that Paul Walker was that that big worldwide? Well, honestly, mm-hmm. like, yeah, because he um, in the U.S. market when he wasn't making Fast and Furious movies, most of his movies were straight to video. So, like, it was kind of touching that like he did sell like that um, when he passed because right? I, I I never really thought of. I mean, like, because most of his movies were. Uh, other movies were straight to video, so that that is kind of touching, you know what I mean? And he was a cool guy, from what I understand. Everybody that's ever known him said that he was just a wonderful person. I loved him in, yeah. uh, in the movie Pleasantville. Oh, Skip Martin! I I still called him that, like in, for the longest time. Every time I <laughs> saw him, like a Fast, Mar- Fast and Furious, I was like, "Dude, look at Skip Martin!" <laughs> yeah, he, now we he have a fantastic movie. Oh yeah, uh, he, he was a good guy, but I mean, I didn't think he was uh, that popular. It, it surprises me. Oh no! Exactly. Like that. Yeah, that's that's a little shocking. But uh, Justin Lin is, of course, uh, doing the uh, the new um, Star Trek movie, Star Trek Beyond. Which and I think that, looks great, but it's getting so yeah. much. Well, it's getting everything right now that is not the canon of Star Trek is going to get hate by the Star Trek fanboys. So yeah. they want to go back to the old timeline, the old universe. You know, they want to recon the J.J. Abrams universe, which I don't know why, because the two Abrams movies were to me the best in what? the series I... to me. My opinion. This movie's going to be the last of the JJ verse, anyways, man. And like, we got that new show that's popping up. That's going to be a return to classic Trek. So, I mean, like, they just need to cool their jets and let this thing. Yeah, like, they're going to get it. They're going to get their way anyway. Um, they, I don't know where they're going to go with this. Is going to be. I don't think this is going to be the last of the JJ verse. 
per se, but I don't know where they're going to go with uh, part four or five if they do more. But I mean, if they do reboot, where would you guys want it to go? Um, Personally, I would like to see it go, like think... way far in the future. You know what I mean? Because we've seen like so much of already. Like I want to see something beyond and new. You know what I mean? Like here's an idea. Back to the Tribbles? No. <laughs> it already failed on TV once as a series, uh, but there's a way around that. Um, the, the, the Enterprise series that came out a few years ago with uh, Scott Bakula. How about giving that another chance, but on the big screen, in a little bit of a revamped way? And uh, there's an idea of, uh, I don't know if it was Zod Ryder who I had this conversation with or who was talking about this, but in the, in the last episode of, uh, of the Enterprise show, it kind of made it seem like the entire series was almost in a holodeck. Like everything was just a, a simulation of, you know, of this crew and stuff. And it gave you that feeling like, what if that was actually what that series, what series was, which would explain why it always felt a little bit disjointed from other Star Trek, uh, because it wasn't a real, you know, series. It was more of a hollow like view. If it was like if the, the TNG cast were like doing a fan fiction based off right. of Archer and his crew. Basically. Right. That's basically the way it left off, supposedly, because I didn't see the final episodes, but that's what I, I heard, or, or this is what it was told to me. I well, really well, have to when you watch the episode, like, yeah, when you watch the episode, like, yeah, you'll see, like, um, Jonathan Franks and, like, That's David, what I heard, yeah, he's in it. background watching in the last episode. So if that's the case, I mean, why don't they go back and, instead of doing, like, a holodeck movie, like, actually give Scott Bakula and his crew their own series of films but make it a little bit different from what we saw on TV so you could really see the TV version as like, yeah, that was a holodeck view. That was not the real Enterprise crew. That was not really this, you know, Captain Archer's crew. But now you get to see Right, now you really get to see, like, the real crew on the big screen. I would like to see a series like that on the the big screen. I think that would be a neat story. And Scott Bakula is a wonderful actor. I mean, to see him in anything would be great. Uh, I thought he was great in Star Trek. Um, You know, the one season that I did see, which was was the first season, I thought he was good in it. The the season was a little slow, a little, you know, they had his issues, but he was good. But he's good in a lot of things he's been in. I mean, he's just, like I said, a a fabulous actor. Um, So I think that's an interesting way for them to go. But uh, this new series, we don't know much about it. It's going to be, what, one episode on CBS and then the rest Netflix? Is that the deal? Or Amazon? is that what it is? Okay, I, I just think know, so, yeah. I know that they got the guy that wrote all the Star Wars, Star Trek films that people. No, I'm like. sorry, I'm sorry, I'm being corrected here. It's not either Netflix or Amazon. It's going to be CBS's own streaming uh, streaming program online. Yeah. So if the pilot okay. episode will will air on CBS, and then they're doing their own streaming thing online, and they're, they're going to air the rest there. So you'd have to become a member, I guess, and that's and lame. Stuff to be able to see it. That's pretty lame. That's pretty lame. But you know, it, this is they're testing the waters because this is where a lot of this media is going to, guys. It's heading over to the internet, and uh, Netflix has already proven that it's a, a viable market. We have Daredevil season one and two, which were phenomenal. Season three is coming out soon, so this kind of uh, medium is, you know, it's there for the taking, and it's it's really well put together for people to enjoy an entire season in a marathon. And I, now I think that's the way they're going to release it, though. I don't think it's going to be week by week episodes. You think they're just going to binge it, put it out for yeah, people to binge? One whole season. That might be interesting. I don't know how I feel about that with Star Trek, though. Yeah, no. I mean, like, because Hulu did that. Um, They had that James Franco, Stephen King story, the um eleven twenty two sixty three. I haven't seen that yet. How's that? It, it's magnificent, but they really? put it out weekly, which which I thought was kind of interesting because, like, because it, it's got the high production value. It looks like a long-ass movie, kind of like how the Netflix shows do. But it came out in a weekly format, which I thought that kind of – 
with, with that story, I thought it kind of fit it better than like if I sat there and binged it, which I did. I watched it twice, and it, it's phenomenal. It's really well done. Like I'm, I'm actually looking forward to more Hulu shows if they're made this good on a regular basis. Hulu's becoming a big player. Hulu's doing uh, big things uh, since they started charging. They're like, what, eight bucks a month or something like that? Yeah, something like that. But the, the, good thing, the cool thing about Hulu that makes it a bit better than um, Netflix and stuff, if you're like me and you like foreign movies and TV shows and anime and stuff, Hulu has mm-hmm. such a huge catalog of all that stuff. They also have like um, Korean um, crime drama TV shows and soap operas, all kinds of weird stuff from Asia that if you're a fan of like Asian um, – live action media like I am like it's just packed full of stuff like that for you so like you don't really get that off of Netflix or um, Amazon Prime so like if you're into that kind of stuff I really suggest heading over to Hulu and um, getting a subscription because they just have a great catalog of anime and and Asian TV shows and films free promo for Hulu you know I was watching a movie the other night uh, Johnny and I was thinking about you the entire time Um, I know you've seen this movie Itchy the Killer of course I've seen Itchy the Killer man you know I'm a (laughs) gay fanboy I just wanted to well, that, that sounds about. like a real winner. Oh, you got to see it. You got to see Itchy the Killer. Uh, yeah, to make sure your kids aren't around, though, bro. That's all I got to yeah. tell you. Uh, Unless yeah. you want your son traumatized with more than just UFOs. And <laughs> yeah. That well, movie will traumatize the hell out of you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good movie, though. Uh, Johnny, what else do we have here on the uh, table to uh, tell the audience what news that is newsworthy? Well, um, since Zod's not here, I'm going to be plugging Netflix for a couple things. We yes, do yes. have complete confirmation <laughs> that a John Bernthal Punisher series has True. been greenlit, brother. So we're getting, we're going to get some more Frank Castle at his most badass and best ever. So I mean, like that, that is phenomenal news. That is phenomenal news indeed. Uh, he was so awesome in the Daredevil sequel. I mean, the season two. He was just. So good as uh, as Frank Castle, uh, I can't wait. Yeah, it's not really it's not really news. I mean, I, I pretty sure, I knew it was I, happening. Yeah, I just yeah. thought it was going to happen after the Defenders, but like it's it's happening pretty soon. I forgot like exactly when it's going to air, but I think he's probably going to be popping up around the same time as Iron Fist. That's so, awesome. Yeah. Now, have they cast Iron Fist yet? Do we know who's who's going to play Iron Fist? Yeah. Yeah, I forget the actor's name. He's it's not Scott Atkins, from... unfortunately. It's not Scott Atkins. No, he's the, he's the guy that plays um, <laughs> Loris Tyrell on Game of Thrones. I forget the actor's name. It, it caused a lot of controversy when he got um, cast because people were pissed they hired a white guy to play Iron Fist, which is ridiculous to me because Iron Fist is a white guy. But I guess <laughs> like all the SJWs thought they should have hired an Asian guy. But the funny thing is, is like Shang-Chi is going to be on this show, and they've already cast him as an Asian guy. So why would it? Why would they need to have two kung fu superheroes as Asians on, on this show? You know, it's beyond me. But people got to cry about everything. But um, yeah, Iron Fist is cast. I forget the actor's name though. Like he just, he's like a bit character on Game of Thrones. He's blonde, and I guess he knows kung fu. So you know that's two out of two. And Marvel hasn't let me down with their casting yet, uh, at least for the Netflix shows. So no, they've they've nailed it so far. I mean, seriously, uh, Daredevil and Punisher have both been great castings. So well, Elektra, uh, Jessica Electra. Jones. Yep, yep. Um, let's see, uh, the dude that plays Luke Cage is phenomenal. Uh, Tenant as Kill um Kilgrave man he should have had his own show I would have watched a show about Kilgrave that dude was just such an amazing character uh, D'Onofrio as Kingpin I mean like everybody on the Netflix shows is just phenomenally casted in my opinion Agreed. so I mean I think if they think that the kid from Game of Thrones can play Danny Rand then I I, I want to see it you know I'm not going to argue with them about it 
Now, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I, I'm still one of the few that haven't seen it. Have you guys uh, enjoyed Game of Thrones? I liked it myself. I liked it except for the last season. Season five was shit. But I'm looking. I, I'm looking, hoping this season will bring it back around. Otherwise, I'm just going to cut it. I'm not going to watch it anymore. Ouch. Mm. Ouch. I mean, well. it didn't get as bad as like Walking Dead season three. Otherwise, I'd have cut it out outright. But like, it was a Carl. Real... <laughs> Carl. <laughs> Carl, yeah. Carl, you lost your eye, Carl. Yeah, I heard Carl. No lost more death perception for you, Carl. But yeah, man. Um, I had a. It's it's good. I mean, like if you want want to see like a really fucked up medieval show where they are not afraid to kill off main cast members, then like yeah, Game of Thrones is awesome. But if you like um if you like old school fantasy like shows like Hercules and stuff, it's probably not going to be for you. Uh yeah, I wasn't a big fan of Hercules either. Well, I know you weren't a big fan of Hercules. Yeah. I don't know if you'll like Game of Thrones though because you're kind of um you're not Goofy too like into that. um to homosexuality and there's there's quite a bit of it in the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm really not into homosexuality at all. Thank you. Well, for, yeah, no, I, I, I don't. It's, it's, <laughs> they, they, they kind of like they kind of really shove a lot they of sexuality can't in their face, the but that cowboy thing happening. Yeah, yeah, I'm not into the whole gay thing. Yeah. Well, it's not it's not the show's not completely about it, but the show Nothing against gay guys or gay girls or whatever. Hey, more power to you. Be who you want to be. Just You're right, I'm not into it. No, the show just focuses on a lot of sexuality in general, but like there is some overt homosexual scenes in it, which I think might make you particularly uncomfortable, Jackal, because you have quite an aversion to such things. I've noticed. What? You don't. You, Are you, you saying I'm a prune? What? I'm no, not saying who, that you're you're a hold hater. On, who, who, I make I make fun I make fun of Brokeback Mountain. Who doesn't make fun of Brokeback Mountain? I Seriously. don't. It's a beautiful movie. I can't quit you. No, I make fun of Brokeback Mountain too. So. Exactly. Because <laughs> it's you're just as guilty movie, as I. Not because it's about gay people, but because Ang Lee made it, and Ang Lee sucks, in my opinion. But yeah, how do you win an Oscar for that again? Um, by sucking. Uh, yeah, but let's, let's <laughs> yeah, <see>. literally. <laughs> he happened to be on his knees, but he was sucking. He fled your side. No, wait, folks, that's the wrong movie. Wait. Um, Come on, guys, got to be a little bit PC here. A little bit PC. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I I I didn't like Ang Lee's Hulk. I didn't like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I think that's one of the most overrated movies yeah. ever. So I've no, never. But there's gotten... a talk of a sequel, or whether they already make it's, it. It's made. It's on. No, it was made a, it, right? It's a Netflix movie. Is it a Netflix? Mm. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, I never seen it. Uh, the first one. I kind of tried to watch it when it first came out because it was. Oh, you gotta see. My brother was telling me this, and so I said, "Oh, well, whatever. All right, if you claim so." I get this thing and, and start to watch it. I, it's been so many years ago. I don't know where I started to watch it. And I said, you've got to be kidding me. I said, I can't. I couldn't get into it for 20 minutes at the most. And so it was crouching, hidden, out the room. Well, I mean, it was particularly hard for me because it's got so many of my favorite actors in it. It's got Chalian Fat, Michelle Yeoh, Zhang Zia, and like just like all these other um Cantonese actors that I love and actresses that I love in it and like I just I remember them all in the old Chuck Norris movies growing up yeah but <laughs> I uh <laughs> it was uh, you know really hard. true story <laughs> it's true it's very true uh many of those people you know did a lot of Chuck Norris movies so darn right yeah no, it just was. I just love the way you said it, man. It was great. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I don't like, and it just seemed like it sparked. That's all that they make out of China now. Like they don't make like hard boiled crime movies anymore. It seems like everything's about like medieval Chinese people running up trees with wire stunts now, and it's, it kind of just 
kind of yeah. pisses me off because I really liked like John Woo and Johnny Toe movies with the, the really hard boiled um, Hong Kong crime dramas, and they, they, those just do not get made anymore, or not as much. I'm really surprised that it took them that long actually to make a, a sequel of that movie because it was so popular. And when it came out, it was just kind of was really an odd thing when it came out because it just stormed the box office, right? And yeah, so I expected that they would just catch right on that and just hurt, make make a sequel within a few years, but then they never did. I wanted to see. I didn't the- think we're. I didn't think we we're ever going to get a sequel to that movie. To be honest. Yeah, kind of. It kind of really ended. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Not only that, I mean, I thought that it was you know one of those movies that captured an audience uh, that it did, and it it did well enough. Uh, you know, but it was really more of a standalone film, and they would have just left it at that, and not really bothered with the sequel. Some movies don't. You really shouldn't make a sequel to anyway. That's yeah. I like never one seen. I, but then again, I have to actually stop before, or think a little bit before I say that because I have not seen Crouching Hidden Tiger. And so I don't even know how the whole movie went. I mean, for all I know, they could all blown up in a, in a bomb at the end. And so there's well, just it no. Tell, it tells its story, but from what I understand, um, the sequel it's just some of the characters from the movie in a new story, which um, it's not really like an actual like sequel to the events of the first film. It's just another movie with the characters in it, which is which is kind of a neat idea for a sequel. But it's also just kind of like a cash grab at the same time, in my opinion. Yeah. It depends on how good well, it I'll- is. Well, every sequel is a cash grab, Johnny. I mean, let's be real. Some of them really need to be made. Some of them are made. Some movies are made to have sequels, though. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's a cash grab. But I mean, sure. some movies are made like Star Wars. You know, it's not like Lucas ever had an idea to just like I was gonna just make one, and then they came to me and said like we really like this, so can you make another one? And then you know, like you know, he he wanted to make like thirty of them off the right. get go. You know, so <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know about thirty, but definitely six. Well, no- yeah, no, he he, he <laughs> had nine. a grand machination for the for the project. Yeah, he did. No, he did. He did. He did. And uh, of course, now it's uh, it's May first, guys. And um, as we know, we're only what six months away from Rogue One, wow. which looks fantastic. Which I mean, I'm just so happy because I was a little worried after seeing God Silly and knowing that Gareth Edwards was in charge of this mm. project. But it really looks like he's going to redeem himself from God Silly because this movie just looks. Just looks wonderful. I mean, like it, it looks it really so looks good, like, doesn't it? Yep. It looks like it the Star does. Wars movie I've always wanted to see. It's funny you say that because it really to know does. There's Darth Vader is going to be popular. Well, yeah, out. That's, but it re- that's kill- it really does look like a New Hope. That's what I like about it. Like the the like the overall visual from the trailer what it showed. It, it like it looks like he really captured even more than JJ in a sense captured that tone of a New Hope. That that feel of that movie, uh, which just from the trailer, I haven't seen the whole movie yet. Uh, but man, I'm I'm so excited to see this movie. And if they do more of these movies uh, that are pre A New Hope, can we kind of count this like the new prequels? Maybe I'm assuming so. This is kind of probably what they're wanting to do. Sure. Well, I mean, there's there's certain people that'll be like, well, there's no Jedi's and no lightsaber, and so like it can't really be a prequel. But like, I, I'm with you. I think that like, yeah, dude, this is going to and at least make prequels that I can enjoy. That I could be like, yeah, man, there was there was a good prequel. That one that the fucking god silly guy made. That was all right. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I mean, we're, I think we were both yeah. like super disappointed with God Silly because I know we were like really hyped for that. Movie. Well, I was really hyped for it too, and then I. Were was you? Gonna- and see it, and then I just heard these horrible reviews, and mm. so it didn't go. If you wanted to see a movie with Godzilla in it, then like don't go see that movie because yeah, like, he's literally yeah. not in the yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, and it was a, it was a really uh, 
bum thing for me because I was really looking forward to seeing that it. Was like that was the equivalent. That really was the equivalent of like Batman versus Superman because like yeah. that fight seems like eight minutes long, and the movie's called Batman versus Superman. Like you would expect more Batman versus Superman, but that's the same thing with Godzilla. It's like it's called Godzilla, but you don't the see Godzilla. Godzilla. The hell yeah. is he? Where is you get, he? To see, you get to see the evil monsters a little bit more, but evil you monsters. Keep them. And then they kill yeah. Brian Cranston twenty yeah. minutes in. Yeah, after you get sold on the idea that this is going to be a Brian Cranston movie, and then you just yeah. get the the kid from Kick Ass like wandering around Hong Kong bored, like the entire movie, just like yeah, what, that, what is that he was a little for? bit of a huh. So they used the, and it's funny because they actually used the whole trailers, everything around him. And then, yeah, to know he only lasted 20 minutes in the movie. And so everybody went in there getting this impression that he was going to be in the movie the whole entire time. And, well, surprise! Yeah. And when I say 20 minutes, I'm being, I'm being very, very, very oh, gracious. I was even think, thinking that. Even too, less that than that. It couldn't have been 20 minutes because no. that's the very first part of it is when they go and he's going, you know, the whole scenario. So would be Jackal's, just the very first part of it. Five, ten minutes Jackal's, at the Maybe. Jack was counting the amount of time that like they kind of unzipped the body bag and showed him a couple times. Like if you count like the post mortem scenes with Cranston, I think it comes out to somewhere around like almost twenty. But like yeah, mm, like actual maybe. scenes with him involved and like having dialogue, yeah, I'd put it somewhere. Well, I heard it was so bad. The movie obviously I never seen, and then I only seen it when it came and it got bootlegged on through the computer, and then now they played it on TV all over and over and over. Yeah, you saw it at the library, yeah. Like we all. Well, <laughs> I got the cable. Yeah, I, I, it was yeah. streaming through the satellite, right? Streaming through the satellite. Yeah. So uh, no, but now they played it on cable. Of course, now it's the greatest movie on cable. Now they won't shut the freaking thing off. You know, it's like that's what pisses me off about the damn cable. Is you go pay all this money for it, so these so these idiots can 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 sucker in all these crappy movies twenty four seven that were bombs at the movie theater. So they think they're going to relive them on the on cable, right? Hmm. That's, and uh, yeah, that's kind of my issue. And uh, I, oh, go ahead, Johnny. Well, the, the the premium channels like HBO and Showtime, they really do. They suck you in like, oh, we got these great shows. But like them shows are only on for like a limited amount of time. And yeah, the rest of the time you're stuck like watching the, the Twilight Saga shown in all 12 chapters today. And then yeah, they oh, got silly. And it's shit that you never wanted to see. You're like, why can't you show Penny Dreadful more? God damn you, Showtime. <laughs> yeah. yeah. By the way, well, I, I was just recommended Penny Dreadful. I'm going to start watching that this week. Oh. They just told me about that trailer. I've never heard. I've heard of it, but I've never seen it. And I think it was Oscar, the yeah, Wolf. Yeah, Oscar. Oscar's the only other it. person I know that you probably know that's a really big fan of that show. Besides me, so yeah. yeah if you yeah. like, if you like the classic Universal monsters, this brings them all back in a very crazy and urban way. I guess is the best way to put it. Very cool, very cool. Guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. We're due for a break here. When we come back, we got more news from the roundtable. we got uh, stuff happening all over the place, so stick around. If you want to call in and join us, the number is 786-245-8127. We'll be right back.
Put a team of professional consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call Key Information Solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A. A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the man of steel and more. SupermanHomePage.com Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Roswell, UFOs, flying saucers, alien abduction. Are we alone? Information regarding this and many other questions about the unknown are only a click away at www.theufostore.com. Theufostore.com offers hundreds of DVDs about UFOs, aliens, crop circles, conspiracies, Bigfoot, suppressed science, ancient mysteries. Log on to www.theufostore.com and request a free UFO store catalog. Theufostore.com, the largest selection of UFO products on the Internet. everybody welcome back to the roundtable show once again open lines if you want to join in on the conversation we have tables that are open right now and lines that are open 786-245-8127 again that's 786-245-8127 we were talking about earlier about the uh the movie civil war coming out this week and it's already doing uh, amazing international business it's going to do uh phenomenal i'm hearing upwards of 200 million opening week 
in uh, in America. So it's going to do f- gangbuster money here. But there are other news to talk about, other things that we got to get to. So, Johnny, what's next on the roundtable, sir? Well, I have another Netflix-related story. and um, Netflix. Other- Netflix, plug, plug, plug. yeah, plugging it like Sod's not here, so I got I got to do the Netflix. Got to do it for the homie. Yep. Yeah. Um, according to Carl Urban. Oh boy, I heard this. Yeah, this is a weird. Dread series is in actually in at Netflix, and if that happens, oh my god, like that's going to be just as epic as the damn Punisher show. And he wants to do it really badly, really no, badly. He's, he's been Jones begging people to, to try to get another movie made. He's been begging. So, like, yeah, he's gonna. He's totally on for this show. I hope that they could get the little chick back to play Anderson because she was one of my favorite parts of the movie, too. They get yep. those two. I mean, this will just be so phenomenal. I mean, I love the Dread movie. Everybody in the world loves the Dread movie. That's why I don't understand how, like, they can't get a sequel made. But a Netflix what? show sounds much better than a fucking sequel to the movie anyways, in my opinion. I agree, but what I don't understand is how that movie flopped so badly at the box office. And everybody loves it. For real. A, that's an enigma. That never happened to a movie that does that poorly. There's a lot of yet movies that it, are like that, you know? No, no, but this movie did really, really badly at the box office. I'm talking about, like, phenomenally bad. Yeah, I think it only made, like, something like $18 million. If yeah. that. Like, you would expect a movie that bad to be universally panned and hated. Because yeah, it had a, a decent release. Yeah, yeah. It had, like, this movie had a, a pretty decent, you know, sized release. When it came out, it's not like it released in like 300 theaters. No, this released nationwide, and it had a big star involved, a $50 million budget, and it brought in $13 million domestically. $13 million. Well, you know, uh, I remember when, uh, you know, you, I don't, you guys probably don't remember, but I remember as much, but when the very first Tron came out, uh, oh, it wow. was. Oh, wow, yeah, that's a long time ago. It was, it was a bomb. It was just, nobody got into it. Uh, nobody, 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 you know, went to ever go see it. But what it did was, is it had this huge after following that, that took over kind of after it came out on video and stuff, because, uh, what it was is it was, it was made into back then, uh, the special effects and all what they did. Yeah, but back see, then. yeah, but Tron at least it broke even and made money. It was a profitable movie. It did, but it, but it, but but it's, I'm just kind of trying to say is it kind of fit into another one of those categories where it wasn't as popular until after it got on video. Well, yeah, but, but remember you're also talking, you're talking about fall. what Tron came out what in '82. Sure, '82. It's been years and, ago. Yeah, that was a long time ago. And in talking about it, literally one of the first movies I remember ever seeing. To tell you, the it, truth. it was not only that; it, it was one of the first movies of that kind, really, that, yeah. that had that it's kind CGI, of like computer-generated yeah. stuff. And the audience really was not sophisticated, I think, enough to really appreciate that. They movie weren't. The they weren't. At the time, the Oscars yeah. would not let it be nominated because. It was like a cartoon, they Because they said they like, cheated yeah. and made the special effects with the, com- with the computer, and like they right. couldn't get a, a special effects nomination, which is hilarious right. because like there's nothing with practical effects that ever gets nominated. Yeah, it was really above <laughs> people. It was it was a it was an it was a sense a computer nerd movie in the sense or somebody who at least knew something about com- computers and how they worked and how all that for him to really kind of get into it to just be absorbed in that moment and. Um, you know, there's so and things were different. You know, back then it's from where in 1982, from where they are now. Where back in 1982, you would find a lot of movies that would do that. That would all of a sudden have this cult following afterwards. And in today's world, things are different. They aren't like that as much. But every now and then, every now and then, you will find that type of old scenario happen. 
or just what you were explaining there, how it didn't make a big lot, only made what did she say, thirteen million dollars, or yeah, no? The mo- look, the, the movie like lost money, a lot of money. yeah. Lost but then it has this other cult following that comes behind, and all of a sudden it rises above somewhere else on 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 regular TV. Well, not just that. I mean, like whatever. it started as a cult following, but like general audience people love it too. I mean, like it, it's generally just a. A sure. loved film at this point but the problem that i've run across with most people jackal is the same thing that happened with batman Be- uh, begins and it, when i talk to people they'd be like oh i thought it was just a sequel to the the sylvester stallone movie and it's like how did you think that like it looked nothing <laughs> like the sylvester stallone movie had a different guy had a little blonde girl in it like in the trailer they show him shooting holes through people's faces and stuff i mean like how did you how could you confuse the two of them like it looks i mean i know i, I get that i get where people would make the mistake because look the same thing happened like you said with batman begins people thought that was a prequel to batman 89 people just did not understand cuz your your general movie audience is not sophisticated enough to be a fanboy like us they know all the ins and outs of these things they just see a name and they're like oh yeah it's a sequel or a prequel they don't they don't know any better so you got to really sell it a lot and i don't think that that, you know the dread movie had the proper marketing to push that movie. I think that's really what where they failed was in the way they marketed the film. Uh, they didn't market it as a as a reboot. They just marketed it as Judge Dread, Dread, another Dread movie. So when people saw that and they saw Carl Urban, they're like, "Well, we don't know if that's Stallone or is that Carl? Who the hell is that?" So your normal movie going audience person who just doesn't know any better would make that mistake. And if they have bad memories of the original, which by the way, guys, the original still grossed 113 million dollars worldwide. I, I love the Sylvester Stallone Judge, which Dredd is amazing. Movie. It made over a hundred million dollars, and it was considered a flop. Now, uh, granted, it cost ninety million, so it did lose money because it had to make about a hundred and uh, what eighty million for it to be profitable or somewhere around there. Uh, so it it did lose a little bit of money, but still a hundred million dollar uh, movie worldwide. It did well enough on video and stuff. Uh, that movie never got a sequel. Now, Dread made thirteen million dollars. The 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 reboot made thirteen million dollars domestically, twenty two million on the foreign market. But again, I think it was the marketing that filled that movie. The marketing right. just because I mean, I saw the movie. It's a good movie. I like the look. I love the dread with Stallone for the, you know, the quirkiness and the campiness of it. I love, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff that happens in that movie. I love the way Stallone played it off of Rob Schneider and their weird relationship in the movie was. You know, it worked. I thought it was funny, uh, but it, it, that did not feel like a Judge Dread movie. Really, it felt kind of like a spoof of Judge Dread. The Dread reboot with Carl Urban felt like a Judge Dread movie. Like, that felt like you're really well, watching Dread come to life. So, for that to fail that epically really shocked me. But, God, I hope this uh, thing on Netflix happens. I hope it, they, they, they get picked up and I hope it, it's epic. Because I'd love to see him continue in that role. Because he was great as, as right. Dread. He really was. He embodied it. Completely, completely. Again, that yeah. that movie really felt like you were watching a Dread film. Not like the Stone movie. So. It, it's shocking when that happens. Uh, look, and and funny enough, when talking about Tron, since you brought up Tron, um, Chris, mm-hmm. the first Tron made what um, thirty-three million was the total gross of the film on a seventeen million dollar budget. It broke even, made some money. It didn't get a sequel to many years later. Tron Legacy came out, right? Yep. That made four hundred million dollars worldwide, one hundred and seventy-two million domestically. That made a ton of cash. Yet they scrapped the sequel to that. Yep, I know it. I don't understand that. How does that happen? Because I don't understand either. 
because Tron is still um, mostly embraced by its cult following. It never got oh. like unlike how Dread did. It never got picked up by general audience mostly. Like Tron is more accepted now than it was in the eighties with with, the, with its fringe audience, but it's still not like something that blows the average moviegoer's mind. You know what I mean? Yeah, but that movie made a ton of money, and it was a good movie. I mean, yeah. visually, it was stunning. No, I Tron mean, Legacy was... I loved it. I thought it was a, a really good movie. Jeff Bridges, to me, is you know one of the best actors working today, period. And I thought he was great sure. in the movie. I, I mean, I love just about everything he's been in, to be honest. I love everything Jeff Bridges has done, too. I mean, I, even, I, yeah. even Heaven's Gate. Even Heaven's Gate. Well, even Heaven's I mean, Gate. I'm not saying everything. I'm just saying I love him as an actor. All right. See, see Chris, that's why. I, that's why I said. When I said. That's why I said I love just about everything. Just he's about been everything. In. Yeah. You committed the entire way. You're I like, no, I love on. everything. I he's laid been it in. down like like everything. You like, laid the gundlin. You're like, I love everything. He's been. I love in. everything. He's been in. I, okay, you know, I, I overshot it. <laughs> that that's no, like your no. opinion, man. I'll give you a nice Bridges quote go. right there. But I I really like the one. Um, that uh, Starman that he Oh, did. God, yeah. No, Starman's probably now, one of his best films. In my which opinion. is getting remade also, by the way. Thank you, Hollywood. Thank you. I would have thought they would have remade it, and that's where I was getting to. It's because that was a huge hit, and I would have expected that that would have been remade because uh, why not? I mean, that, that had set itself up for a perfect remake. And a, a sequel to that movie. Well, because they did a TV show f- that spun off of it, and it was awful, and like that kind of I think killed any possibility of a remake to it until like that was wiped out of people's minds. And I now, know. like, did a TV show after it? Yeah, no, about the kid, and it was awful. But yeah, I mean that that's that's the um that's the problem, and I think that like now, like, because I'm a huge John Carpenter fan, and I know a lot of other people that are like. They're just attacking his movies with a vengeance and trying to remake them all. And like Starman is like his one really weird one that he made just to prove that he could make a serious film. I think he actually got an Oscar nod for that one. So I I, I wish they would leave it alone. I think it was an Oscar nod on that one, and and um, it was just such a good film. It was it was had everything too. You know, I had the motions and and it, it was a great movie. There's a lot of Carpenter movies that I won't mind if they remake, but. In my opinion, leave Starman and Big Trouble in Little China the fuck alone. Those two do well, not. Well, that's everything. Big Trouble Little China is coming back in a little part two, I guess. From uh, yeah, the what the other guy good. said the other night on the radio, and so we, uh, I guess, we'll have to see. You know, there was already kind of like a spinoff to Starman, right? Yeah, the TV show. The TV yeah. show—that's what he was saying. I didn't know this. Yeah, I had no idea until right now. Like I was. Yeah, I, I watched it on Sci-Fi Channel when it first started up. Like, I didn't know about it when I was a kid, but like, yeah, when I was like around like junior high age. When I'm Sci-Fi trying to find Channel. out who the actors they picked for the uh, the new movie. I'm trying to see if they have it already. Sean Levy directed remake. It, probably Chris Hemsworth and um. Oh uh, God, really? What's the Twilight chick's name? Um, Catherine Stewart or Kristen Stewart? K- Kristen Stewart. Yeah, that bitch. Why? Why I know that? I have no idea. Because you have a poster of her on your wall. You're like, I love you, Bella. <laughs> it, it's on my bathroom, so it's facing my toilet. Uh, you know, for so morning you can spank duties. it? Yeah, yeah well, and I know. didn't know you were that big of a fan. <laughs> yeah, I do what I can. I can do what I do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I do do, you know, looking at her face. Sometimes when I can't go in the morning, she helps me just by looking at her face. And she was really good in that movie American Ultra with Jesse Eisenberg, though. That was that was a fun movie that they both actually like were really good in, in my opinion. I don't know if I've seen that one. 
Mm, oh, it's it's pretty funny. Like he's um like a CIA a trained assassin. Like they did the MK Ultra training on him, and like um he gets woken and like like um Topher Grace and all these other assassins after him, and like it, it's kind of like that movie conspiracy theory with um with uh what's his name Mel Gibson, but with a little Bourne mixed into it. But it's a total like spoof comedy at the same time. It's a really fun little movie. It came out last year. I, I highly suggest checking it out. I think you'll dig it, Chris. All right. Well, I'm seeing uh, some production stuff on a possible Starman either remake or sequel. And uh, there's an article here that says that Jeff Bridges is actually open and interested in doing a sequel to Starman. Yeah. Well, that that, that totally makes yeah. sense. I mean, it's hmm. it would be a... Because, what you know, the movie he impregnated her with a baby that... Uh, a star baby. With a star yeah, baby, right? A star so seed. they'll have him come back for that or something. But he totally got smoked. I mean, like, unless they're going to do, like, some kind of, like, I left a videotape for you, son, and, like, these are the instructions you should follow. Well, I thought he came, down at the, yeah. he came down at the end. They met him in, in somewhere in Arizona or whatever at that big, huge uh, little, like, um, whatever it was. It was, uh, like, a meteor had hit or something or whatever. And he had ma- met up with the uh, UFO to go and pick him up. So yeah. I didn't think that he did die. I think he just got sucked off. You, and she You got, might be right. Yeah, I watch the show quite a bit. So, um, I, sure, yeah, that's what happened. Is that it was at the end of it they had went and after they had ditched the her, show takes place what like fifteen years after the uh, the movie, right? Yeah, the kids. He's like a, a young adult in the in the show. So yeah, yeah. So it was like after she had had that old Mustang or whatever that she had had that. Uh, uh, I think it was like an old, one of those old Cobras that they made in the eighties or whatever. They're kind of a crappier version of Ford. Yeah, made, the, but, the, you know. the the the. 2.0s or the 5.0s, whatever they were called. Oh, or, yeah, but anyway, uh, and then they had to ditch that car, and then he went and took her to the uh, um, casino and won a bunch of money for him, and then they went, they'd spun off in a brand-new Cadillac. Uh, they showed him spinning off after he won all his money, and then they traveled off to the desert to the big hole where the ship came. I'm gonna have to dig down. I'm gonna have to dig out my DVD of that and watch. He met up. Well, first he met up with the guy that was chasing him, the scientist guy that was chasing him in the cafe, and then he he let him go because he went out and they said, "Is that him in there?" And he said, "No, uh, uh-uh, that's the wrong guy." Now, how many seasons does that run for that that show? I would probably say maybe two at the most, but I'd go with one because it, it was oh. like one of the shows that like Sci-Fi Channel showed when it first started, and like they were showing crap like Manimal and The Incredible Hulk alongside it, so. I wouldn't say that it was a, a particularly a very popular show because I don't remember hearing about it when it was on when I was a kid either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I never heard of the show until like now. <laughs> so, <laughs> it missed me completely. I think it only did one season, 22 episodes. Yeah. Well then, I, you know, a, a sequel would be kind of odd to do so many years later. I think a remake would probably be best to uh, to do at this point. I would agree. Yeah, I mean, so some movies you just can't do a sequel this you know far out. Like, this well, is this is movies. what they're trying to do also with Gremlins, right? It's going to make it a, a sequel instead of just yeah, but no, but Gremlins, yeah, but Gremlins, you could get away with the sequel because you could just tell the story of uh, what's the kid's name? Um, I really Billy. didn't really Billy, right, Billy, yeah. like the second one. I wasn't hip into the new batch. Really? You, you didn't like the, uh, the the scene with Hulk Hogan in the movie theater? Hey, brother! So, yeah, that, get that out was, of here, gremlins! 
you guys yeah, are was, younger brother. than I am. And so I was, <laughs> you know, it was not taken into that with me. And I really tried to get into it. It had its moments, but I think it was just because it just, I don't know, I, when they I start talking next, and things. and I think this next one, it's not going to be as far as wall breaking. And I think it's going to be actually probably be a more of a sequel to the first film. And yeah. I, I think that'll That's probably be more yeah. part two. That yeah. I would imagine that they are and bring bring Gizmo back the way and that would I mean, be great because I love part that two. Yeah, part two wasn't you know terrible. It had his moments like you said, but my kids uh, enjoyed the part two better. When at least my daughter did. She loved part two more. Th- that's the thing. It's more kid friendly. Well, it's like a live action yeah. cartoon. I mean, it's just it's wild. It breaks the fourth it wall. Is. You got the Malcolm X. You got all the different funny <laughs> like goofy gremlins that are running around, and it, it was spoofing society at the time and. Like it really was like it looked like they were trying to make more of like a RoboCop type sequel or movie yes. within Gremlins with it. Yes, it really was just mocking Nailed the it. way That's exactly what society it was, yeah. was at the time, more than like actually making a Gremlins movie. I completely agree. Uh, but see, even with the first one, say you retcon the second one, there you, you you don't even count that one. I could still see where they could go with the sequel to the first movie. Right. So many years later with Billy and his girlfriend. Uh, Phoebe Cates. Oh, my God. Phoebe Cates. I, so many oh, boners in the oh 80s yeah. and 90s she with Phoebe did. Cates. There's been many nights of thinking of her. Oh, my but goodness. Fast time to uh, bridge up high. The red bikini. That's it. That, yeah, that's it. That's, a, that's the scene. That is the scene. Can scene anybody anymore. knock anymore? Yeah. Nope. <laughs> Judge Reinhold style. Doesn't anybody knock? <laughs> you know how many uh, people in this country have masturbated to that scene? Let's be honest. Well, we know Judge Reinhold did, and he was actually in the scene. So, like, I know that's fourth. Can you blame him? (laughs) Uh, He's a lucky man because he played in two movies with her, so he was able to uh, maybe masturbate twice. Action on it, huh? Oh, we got a a caller joining in. I think it's uh, Cali guy. What's up, buddy? Oh hey, what's going on, you guys? Sorry about the delay. You guys didn't give me the memo, so I'm late. People, sorry. Blame the boss, the Jackal Man, for me being late. Hey, it's all bro, good. I gave you the memo, time. but like, you know, we started we, the normal. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't even know we needed to have a memo to tell you that like <laughs> we fucking started at the normal time there, Daryl. I mean, come on, brah. That's why he's Cali guy, man. That's what Cali yeah. guy does. And he confused the term up, man. He confused it. Let's get That's started, right. you guys. What's the topic? What's the topic, though? Well, we're talking about we all gave our uh, opinion on how we think Civil War is going to do, and uh, you know we're all excited about yeah, it. Yeah, Cali guy, what you think? What you? What's what do you opinion? think of Civil War? You know what? I, what? I, 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 be honest I, with I, us. I, I believe it's epic. I think that Civil War will be the, the most epic movie, minus Spider-Man. I debated Jackal already about this, so I don't get too much into that with the Spider-Man. But I think that Civil War is going to be a stronger story. It's going to be one of Marvel's, one of Marvel's best movies. Um, I read some stuff I'm not going to say on this network because we have a lot of listeners. So I don't want to anger the listeners. I'm gonna wait until we do the next show coming up, and I can we can break down the review. But I think that so far I like a lot of stuff that I've seen. Um, I like uh, uh, Black Panther. I like uh, uh, some of the plot lines with the Avengers, some of the follow up from the to the from the previous movies. So I think this is gonna be a good movie. I think everybody that likes the MCU is going to in, enjoy what they see coming up. It's going to be better than uh, Dawn of Justice. I, I will say that it's going to be way stronger than Dawn. So uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, Civil War this week. Just the early reviews alone are smoking Dawn of Justice and the money it's making. Look, it's opened up in almost half the markets, maybe a little bit more than half the markets, and it's made almost the equivalent amount of money in the foreign market as uh, Dawn of Justice. So that's scary. I mean, this movie's going to be massive 
in in the, the amount of money it's going to make. They're already saying it's going to make somewhere around what Age of Ultron made, which if you look at the first two Captain America movies, they didn't make that kind of money. So, I mean, you're adding all these other characters. And from what I heard, the Russo brothers make this work. I mean, they, they added all these other extra characters, but they tied it in so perfectly. And everybody has their moment of shine. Uh, nobody's underwritten, which is hard to do in an ensemble piece like this because you're talking about major, major characters. And you're putting new characters in the mix. Because, yeah, we know Captain America. We know already the Winter Soldier from the last movie. We know who Bucky is from the first two movies. Uh, we know the Iron Man, obviously, Falcon. We know him already. But we're introducing Black Panther. We're reintroducing to this new MCU Spider-Man. So these are and these are major characters we're introducing in here. That in itself, I mean, it's going to add so much more life to this project, to this movie. But to do that and to make it work is really tough. And I heard the script is, from what I've read, it's just, it, it, they knocked it out of the park. I mean, they make every character, you know, meaningful. It's not like they're just thrown in there, which is something that, unfortunately, you know, Batman versus Superman kind of failed at. I mean, Wonder Woman, for as great as she was in the five minutes she was in the movie, you could cut her out of the movie and the movie doesn't, you know, skip a beat. She's right. completely wasted in the movie. She really is. Uh-huh. Yeah, the golden lasso at the end looks nice. It looks cool. But she's wasted in the movie. She does nothing for the most part. Uh, that doesn't happen from what I've read in this movie. Well, I mean, it's incredible to see how, what an opposite reaction the fans and critics are having to this movie as compared to BVS. It's just it's amazing. I guess there really must be a conspiracy, right, guys? Like Grace Randall. Yeah, no, says. no, no. Yeah, we're getting paid. <laughs> we're, we all we all just got fat checks before doing the show anyways. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to Maui on, like, the money that Marvel paid me to say that, like, I think it's wonderful. But I don't know what you guys are doing with yours. But honestly, like, what – one of the greatest things that I see about this is, to tell you the truth, I hated the Civil War event in the comics. I thought it was pure garbage. I did too. And did too. looking at this film and that they were able to take that storyline and actually rework it into something that was very interesting, that fits into the film, and still does the fight of the Civil War between Iron Man and Cap in an interesting way that's not all contrived and convoluted like the comic book, is something right. very exciting. And I got to give the Russos and whoever wrote the script props for that because, I mean, like I said, like I hated Civil War. It's such a, fu- it's such a garbage event. And it's just- it is. Weak. Very weak. The comic book is very weak. The, the comic book still won't agree with you, Johnny. Uh-oh. Oh, sounds you know, Grace Randolph got oh, rid of him. See, we had too many people on the payroll. Like, uh-oh. Oh, no, he, he's back. He's back. We almost, we almost back. lost you there, Calvary guy. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah we hear you now. We can hear you now. Okay. Gotcha. <laughs> Go ahead. No, but, uh, yeah, but the Civil War comic book was very weak. It was garbage. Uh... You know, but the movie scenes, I read some stuff, and again, I'm not going to say because I don't want people to get upset that's listening. We got a thousand listeners for the, uh, uh, we have a thousand listeners for this show, so I don't want to interrupt the thousand listeners and then get mad at you, Jack, or send you hate mail because I spoiled the movie. So No, 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 no. You, 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 can say, you can say what do you want. We don't censor anybody here. And... No, I don't you, want to, you know, all two thousand of your listeners, you know, uh, that are listening to your to you speak right now on the network, they all want to hear the truth. So, you know, be honest with us, man. Well, I'm gonna be honest with you. Do that. Go ahead, do. The thing go I really ahead, see that makes me happy is that is that is that that they made um they took the story and they made it about the friendship of Winter Soldier and Cap. 
and yep. made that, that that was the catalyst for the Civil War instead of the really retarded reason that the Civil War happened in the comic books. I think that this is a lot more of a likely reason that the two um, Iron Man and Cap would fight and why the government would be so mad because, like, if you know the Winter Soldier's past, I'm surprised they actually didn't pull something like this in the comic book. And the trial of Captain America, when Ed Brubaker finally addressed this in the comics, it kind of just got brushed over. So, like, the fact that they're addressing it like this in the films, I think it's phenomenal. And I think it, it's one step where the movie's actually going to be better than the comic books, which is really an odd oh. thing, and I don't think anybody says that very often. Yeah, I agree. Nope. <laughs> I, I, I agree 100%. But you know what, though? Because Marvel makes such good movies, and yep. we could overlook a lot of what they change in, the, in their films. So their movies are so good, and I am getting paid, by the way. I'm going to uh, Maui with Johnny because I'm on that payroll for Marvel Comics 2 in the PSN Network. How can I get on the uh, Marvel payroll? I, 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 nobody's greased my pockets yet <laughs> for Marvel. Come on, Marvel, pay me some money. Oh, but no, I'll, total, I'll totally be on the take, by the way. I'll totally take the money and run with it. Of course, you should have been on the payroll. But, you know, it, it, it yeah, is You're the Campia is. fan. You should be on the payroll before us. <laughs> hey, shout out to John Campia. Yeah, John, the crybaby Campia, this bud's for you, bro. But let me ask <laughs> you this, John, hey, Jekyll. Hey, hey, Jekyll, let me ask you this question, though, Jekyll, Johnny, and, and Chris, that you guys are on this line. When these fans keep saying that Marvel gets passes, now, I've been covering Marvel even before I did radio. I used to do blogging years ago, like since 2005 and 06. And I remember when they formed Marvel Studios. I remember when Kevin Feige was at the old Comic Cons in 2008, a little bit before Iron Man came out. Those movies got bad reviews. That's the yeah. funny part about it. Those movies got bad reviews, and Iron Man 2 got bad reviews. So yep. all these things with these conspiracy theories that Marvel can't do no wrong, go back to Phase 1 again. Phase 1 yeah, did not only a vision I think that Civil War, I mean, like Winter Soldier and Guardians of the Galaxy are kind of the only really ones that got really rave reviews. Most of the Marvel movies have been very mixed. The Thor movies both have been pretty panned. Yeah. Um, Age of Ultron was pretty panned, in my opinion. Like, I mean, it did get a pass. I think that Ant Man got look. Ant Man got favorable reviews. I mean, that did really well. Yeah, but that was, a, that was one of the best films too. So I mean, that, like, that's what I'm saying. Uh, and you know, that Fantastic Four was the newest one was a flop too, right? No, but that wasn't MCU. That, was yeah, that okay? That's in, in, in fact, because of that flop, I am hopeful that eventually uh, those rights will revert back to Marvel, and we will actually get to see a real Fantastic Four Marvel, you know, movie because they are the first family of Marvel, and to have them completely removed from the MCU is just ridiculous, in my opinion. And, and look. They're completely written out of the comics now, too, after um, I know. Secret War. Like, like the thing and Human Torch are still around, but Reed Richards and, um, and the Invisible Woman, they're, um, they're gone. And you know, this, is, this is all a political ploy between the, the studios, Disney and Fox, and Fox that owns uh, the movie rights to uh, the Fantastic Four. Now, the Fantastic Four movie, it flopped horribly. This is the, the, the third flop in a row for the Fantastic Four uh, franchise from Fox. I think it's time for Fox to just let it go and just move on and give those rights back to, to Marvel, and let's see what Marvel can do. Now, I would love to see, speaking of Netflix series, guys, a Fantastic Four Netflix series. That is something that I would love, because in all honesty, the Fantastic Four franchise on the big screen, I think, is burnt. 
But even more than that, I think it works better for a long series where you could actually have a ongoing storyline for 10, 15 episodes or whatever it is they end up doing. I think that works better for a Fantastic Four franchise than well, an I actually, extra movie series. I actually think they would work very well on ABC on regular television. That and too, actually, yeah. I would actually have something to compete with um, DC's Flash and Arrow shows. Correct, because, yeah, that too. Yeah. Because Fantastic Four, it's very family-friendly. It's very campy. So, I mean, it will fit really good on an ABC show. And, like, they would finally be able to get rid of that awful Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. show. And, like, we could actually have an actual superhero show from Marvel on, on network television, which would be wonderful in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I agree. ABC is owned by uh, Disney, right? They own yeah. ABC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm surprised uh, they don't put more stuff on there. I mean, they got Agents of Shield, but well, the, and the funny thing is, is, they got they got a lot of really fun little characters you know? that they could bust out. Like I, I know, I think think Miss Marvel, like the new Miss Marvel comic about the little um, Pakistani girl with the, yep. the uh, human powers. I think she she would be wonderful for television. I think they really should try to develop her, and she would be perfect competition for The Flash, but no. All we get is agents of shit. Hey, hey, like, <laughs> what they really need to the, to do and invest on on ABC is a Miles Morales Spider-Man TV series. How, how? That would be incredible. And, I wish they would have put... ABC, I wish they had put Miles phenomenal. in the movie. Like, he is, he is the most interesting Spider-Man that's in comic books right now. I like, agree. I have to agree. Yeah. Like I Pete, love the Miles Morales character. Pete's time honored and like he's well known, but like if you're actually going to want to go read a, a book that's actually has Spider Man on its name and not Spider Gwen or Silk or one of the spinoff books, like you're going to want to go get the Miles Morales Spidey book because he is just so well written. He's he's they actually tackle the, the the teenage elements perfectly, which they never actually do in a Pete comic. So like Miles should be in the movie if they were going to go back to teenage years. I don't understand why they went with Pete to tell you the truth. Well, you know, in in that sense, I can understand why they would go with Pete. You know, like let, let Pete be the Spider-Man for the cinemas, and let Miles be the Spider-Man for the TV. You know, like they, they do want to have a separate uh, universe for a lot of these characters. So why don't they do something? That'd be kind of neat to do something like that. Uh, I would like to see that with Flash, also. By the way, to, uh, going to mm-hmm. DC, I hate the fact that they're going to have Barry uh, Barry Allen on both the big screen and on the small screen. I think that's stupid. They should have Wally West yeah, on that the big is. screen. Two yeah. different two different characters, still using the name The Flash, but make it different because that's going to confuse the audience. I mean, when you look at Ezra Miller in Batman vs. Superman, he looks nothing like the Barry Allen from the TV show. So now people are going to be like, well, which Barry Allen is Barry Allen? What you know, What's continuity? What's canon? What's not? What's you know, It's just going to confuse the hell out of the audience. And let's be honest, Ezra Miller is not as good as the kid playing Flash on the TV yeah, show. Yeah, no, Grant no. Gustav, or however you say his name, like he, he is The Flash in my opinion. Grant, yeah. yeah. Look, that's another thing uh something that Zack Snyder's uh did you know during the uh, press uh, junket for um for BVS which really pissed off a lot of fans myself included he trashed that kid really he tra- yes, he yeah he trashed him yeah. he like he said oh the reason we didn't pick him is because we won our flash and he just went on and on and on and when you read the article like he trashed that kid like that kid is great like are you kidding me he is probably the best um, actor to play in, in one of these type of series on regular TV, not Netflix, uh, on regular network TV since Smallville. Like the Flash is probably the best series since Smallville uh, that mm-hmm. DC has, and, and in a lot of ways, it's probably better than Smallville. So why would you trash that kid who made the Flash popular? Because the Flash right. is a two bit character for the most part, and a lot of folks didn't care about the Flash. Now they love the Flash because of this kid. Why would you do that, Zack Snyder? Like, like the, there's so many stupid things that he has done during the, the last few months. 
it's it's amazing. He's still well, his, his days are numbered. Like he's ha- it's like, amazing. We, like we reported earlier, he's having troubles with Warner Brothers DC. If he gets fired or walks from this project, he is done as we know him as a filmmaker. And if he makes Justice League and it fails as bad or worse than BBS does, he is done as a filmmaker. So like he is walking a razor's edge with just like. AIDS needles at the bottom of it, just waiting for him to fall. I mean, like, I feel bad for the guy, but he really made his own bed, so let him fucking sleep in it. Yep. Cali guy, I think you want to say something. I, I heard it in you. Yeah, yeah. you know, the problem <laughs> with, with Snyder is why would WB, after Man of Steel, get Zack Snyder to direct Dawn of Justice? It puzzled me. I try to be optimistic with the movie. You guys know this because you guys talk to me a lot. But seeing the movie... It added nothing to, and I know Zombie is going to get mad, but they added nothing to the movie. Now, visually, it was fine with the movie, but it just, the dream sequences made no sense. Uh, you know the motivations. The and I, I, I love that. Sense. I love if, not to cut you off, but I love how um, even Zod Rider tried to defend the dream sequences. And they're like, oh, it was like injustice, God amongs us. That's what we were I talking about. It. Yeah, I mean, was, yeah, I but here, wait, wait a minute, I never defended the. No, not, no, not you. No, Zod Rider, Zod Rider, said that. And we had I, talked it, about this before, and I had brought up about the the dream sequence uh, right. part that bothered me. And then when I had brought that up, and then Angel, we kind of brought, and then he Zod had just said what Angel said there and he totally defended it and it was just but I, even I, yeah even looking into it I like there's no place in the in the entire injustice uh, and, and Zod could call in if he wants to debate this but there, in no place in there does he have a psychic dream like this within a dream that makes no sense uh, he doesn't go through this entire like fight with you know killing human beings that are soldiers like that doesn't really happen like that you know correct me if I'm wrong but the, isn't the storyline that they that uh, the uh, the Joker uh, tricks Superman isn't the storyline into killing Lois Lane and she's pregnant yeah, so he, he goes does. crazy he goes yeah, ape yeah. shit and starts killing that because I haven't I haven't played the video game I'm ignorant of the it's video another game. world and you know what the it's, a, it's, that, it's an Elseworld it's, it's, it's an Elseworld story yeah it's, it's an Elseworld storyline so it's not even canon uh, now if that's the the route they want to go for the movies fine if they want to incorporate some of that stuff but in nowhere. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I understand that, but in nowhere in the comic book lore history, in the canon of the comic books, has Bruce Wayne ever had psychic dreams? So to no. incorporate that into the movie, where most people don't even know about that game, have not played that game, because that, like, only gamers would know that. Only, like, diehard diehards would know that. I'm a diehard, and I haven't even played it, well, so I tell a, you, I'm not a gamer really anymore. There's a really popular webcomic for it, too, and that, that's, yeah. where Zod, where, that's where Zod's point comes from, because in that, the Flash does come to the, um, the future Flash does come come and try to warn Batman about it. But... But is it in a dream? It's not done is it, in a dream. It, and Zod exactly. say that the shock of the Flash traveling time... But that would make no sense. How? how look, if you, even if you're traveling back in time, why would you enter his dream? Well, the thing is, Zod was trying to say no like, it, was, it messed with the space-time continuum the only way that Batman could perceive it as a dream. But I still think that that's, that's a stupid. silly excuse. I'm not, I'm not saying that I believe it. I'm just telling you what Zod said. And, I mean, if we're it's, dealing it's with... Stupid. If this really was like is. a Sandman movie or something, like that involved dream characters, that'd be one thing. But like, I kept waiting for Freddy to show up in this fucking movie. You know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? That sequence was completely out of place. It made no sense. A lot of the action sequences are, are rubbish because some of them are in the dream sequence. 
So, you know, what that doesn't even add to the actual movie itself. Like, there's so many mistakes as a director that Zack Snyder committed with BVS, which doesn't shock me that the movie underperformed, you know, domestically. Look, it, yeah, it made money worldwide, but let's be honest, the movie is going to end up making less money than Dare, than uh, Deadpool. Well, the French right. love bad sci-fi. I mean, look at how well um, well, no, Ascending sold. No, but no, here, we all knew. Look, we all knew the worldwide the movie was going to make money because it is Batman versus Superman, and no matter how bad it is on an international market, there's a lot of countries that want to see that. So you know it's going to make a lot of money. So I'm not shocked that worldwide it made eight hundred, nine hundred million dollars. But what you know, and also I'm not shocked that it did as poorly as it did in America. We're talking about a movie where you added. Batman to a Superman sequel, plus you added Wonder Woman in Doomsday, and you only managed to make what forty million more than Superman Men of Steel, and you under and, and you underperform and you underperformed from Deadpool. You made less money than Deadpool. That's shocking to me. It really is. Go ahead, Cali guy. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm piggyback off of this. Now, me, me, and you, Jackal, we've debated. Me, and you've debated over uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman. We debated that, and I told K1 this a couple of weeks back. A lot of people, even myself included, because I, I, I man up to say this, a lot of people thought that the Batman character was bigger than the actor. So many people on different websites from... Didn't I tell you that wouldn't be the case? You said it. You said it. I'll give you this. Now, they put Batman in the movie. They put him in this movie, Dawn of Justice. Now, this is to all the naysayers. It added nothing. This proves that it, the director and the actor was the people that made the money. Nolan was the one because, and Christian Bale, they were the two highlights of the, the, the Nolan franchises that came out. And so it proved before Batman Begins came out, Batman movies were selling. They were selling at the time. Batman and Robin, uh, Batman Forever failed, and Batman Returns kind of failed too. So when they did Begins and they started that new trilogy up, it jump-started, and they made money. Now, I got my opinions about it, but it made money. Now, a lot of people said when Bill and Nolan left the franchise that Batman could continue. And WB2, they were cocky. They said, okay, Batman is like gold. But this movie proved that Batman, even though I like this Batman, don't get it twisted, I do like Ben Affleck's Batman. But it proved that Batman is not the band on a character that everybody was thinking. So that right. whole Son of Justice proved was that it was Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan that worked good as a team, and mm-hmm. he's Ledger at the time. And so that's where, like, Richard Donner was Superman. You can say the same to Richard Donner. Richard Donner and Christopher Reeve worked great together. So people keep saying that the characters is bigger than the actors. No, it's not true. The actors is bigger than the characters because it proved that with this movie. Well, that that was proved with Man of Steel. People said that all you have to do to play Superman is look like the character, and like Henry Cavill proved that that was a really wrong assumption right off the bat. Well, because... Brandon Routh proved the same thing in 2006, but look, going back to yeah. what Callie Guy said, you're absolutely right. It, it was the fact that Christian Bale and Christopher Nolan had redeemed the Batman from the, 80, from the 90s and had created something that the fans overly loved, minus one idiot in New York and one guy in Jersey. But for the most part, the audience fell in love with this Batman franchise because of these two men, Christopher Nolan and Christian Bale, and what they did to this franchise and what they did to Batman. And I'll tell you this much, if you let Christopher Nolan direct Dawn of Justice, okay, now hear me out, and you let him write the script with his brother and with uh, David Goyer and remove Chris and you incorporate Man of Steel, 
Henry Cavill or whoever you want to play Superman, and you make that movie with Christopher Nolan directing it, even with Ben Affleck as Batman, you would get a much better movie because, the, and you can just look at the films and see the difference in directors. The attention to detail with The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises compared to Batman vs Superman is it's mind blowing. It really is. I mean, the way he directed scenes, the emotions that he got from his actors, the cinematography was just phenomenal in both of those movies. Even oh, in Batman, be- characters. the Batman begins the depth that he gives all the characters and the character development in these movies is just it's amazing and he incorporated this phenomenal comic book character into into a real world and brought him to life in a real world like never before and that is what the character needed and that's what the audience wanted but they also loved the way he directed the thing and the way that it was written and all that got lost when Zack Snyder took over and really I'm not surprised that they're butting heads with Justice League I think that's going to be a train wreck because look he already had issues with Batman versus Superman and all these characters that were put together now imagine when he has to incorporate the entire Justice League that's a, that's a, it's mind blowing how stupid that movie's going to be I mean, he, I don't think he could do it. He just—he's not—he's not a capable enough director to pull in that many entities and make a coherent and movie. Who, and I, who is all in the Justice League again? I'm not maybe. I'm just uh, well, we have Aquaman, Aquaman. Flash, Batman, Superman, uh, Wonder Woman, right. Cyborg is going to be in it. Also, Green right. Lantern is going to eventually Lantern. be in it. All right. um, and who knows? Shazam! Uh, maybe, Shazam, Shazam eventually. Yeah, he's coming years. up. Okay. There's going to be, you know, an emblem. There's going to be a lot of characters. Let's just say there's going to be a ton of uh, of Justice League members, and then eventually down the road they will bring in, I'm sure, other characters if they make more movies. But my thing is, he's already failed twice, and I'm not saying go and beg and beg uh, Christopher Nolan to come back because I don't think he'll come back at this point. I think he's moved on and he's going to do other things now. Yeah, he's but, making a World War II movie, which he's always wanted to do. So I, I don't Yeah, but for the love of God, get directors to know how to direct these characters and understand how to bring them to the modern audience the way it should be done. I mean, there, there are other good directors out there. Zack Snyder is not the end-all, be-all of directors. Well, see, the problem with him is they got an Alan Moore fanboy to come in and try to direct superheroes when Alan Moore himself is stated that his whole ideal of comic book writing is to destroy the idea of superheroes and Zack Snyder has obviously completely taken that on since directing Watchmen and stuff and basically he is trying to follow Alan's legend by destroying these characters on film and I I don't think it's fair to DC fans especially with how wonderful the Marvel films are I'm not saying that DC should follow Marvel's example or anything, but I think that they should at least get a director that's not trying to destroy these characters and actually is trying to make them. Honestly, I, I, just, I think he doesn't understand these characters because he's not a fan, and, and this is something that, uh, that was brought up in an interview that he did in 2008, uh, and I saw some snippets of the interview which are mind-blowing, some of the stuff he says. He clearly isn't a fan of these characters. Why they're giving him these projects, it's beyond me. It really is. Uh, and, and look, this is funny, because and look at the hypocrisy here of, of Zack Snyder. In 2008, when asked about superhero movies, he said, I can, uh, and I'm going to quote here, he says, I can ask my mother, Mom, when the Hulk isn't the Hulk, who is he? And she'll say Bruce Banner. Um, and he says, that's weird, right? But I also could ask her mom, what happens to Bruce Wayne's parents? And, uh, and she'll tell me, oh, they get killed at, at an opera. So you're getting that saturation level where superhero movies, it's hard for them to uh, figure out who, who, what to do because it's already been done. And basically, he's, saying, he's talking about 
the intro of the Wayne's parents being murdered in the movies. We've seen it over and over again. And he's going on in this interview saying that he would not do that, that that's not a Batman <laughs> that he would like to do. And then when he gets Batman, what's the first thing he fucking does? He does the Bruce Wayne murders again. It's like, dude, don't be a hypocrite. Don't say that this is stupid that they keep doing this. And then you get Batman, and then you do the same thing. Man, I didn't it's even like, know that he said that. That's epic, dude. dude. It's like it's so stupid. And he goes, everyone says uh, that about uh, Christopher Nolan's Batman Begins. Oh, Batman's dark. I'm like, okay, yeah, well, no, that's Batman's cool. But uh, and he quote he says he gets uh, to go to Tibetan uh, monasteries and he's trained by ninjas. Okay, that's cool. I want to do that, but he doesn't get like raped in prison. That could happen in my movie if I was making Batman. If you want to talk about dark, that's how would I. That's how the way I would go. I believe that pop culture is just not as dark as me, basically. So he's he's basically saying that yeah, Batman Begins is nice and fluff, but it's not dark. Dark is if, if Bruce Wayne goes to prison, and gets raped in prison. Like this guy has no freaking idea what he's talking about. He's a, he's a lunatic, and that's the hey, guy you're giving your franchise. Batman, and this is the thing to a lot of fanboys, Batman is not supposed to be that kind of dark in the first place. Correct. So, making him super dark, it, you know, that's why I don't really read Batman now, to be honest with you. I don't read Batman as much as Raped I in prison? Like, really? <laughs> he's, he's, he's an idiot. But see, Zack Snyder, like, and Johnny Alpha just put a good point out there just a minute ago, is that Snyder is making a watchman is DC Universe. I called this four years ago on another radio show that Zack Snyder, I won't say it right here, but that I called it that Zack Snyder was making a Justice League movie in the future. I said this in 2012 before I came on PSN that Zack Snyder's plan was to make a dark Justice League movie and he is having a vision. Now most DC fanboys out there, a lot of them are cheerleading the idea, they were against the Christopher Nolan movies because they said those were too dark, but now they're supporting a Dawn of Justice and a Justice League movie and a Suicide Squad movie that's even well, darker. Well, because Robin's in, in him, though. Film. That's the only reason why. Oh, he's Robin's dead. No, he's dead. No, no, he's dead. There's yeah, no but he's still Robin in, in it. He's, he's dead. No, he's, he's dead. He's a force ghost in it. He's a force ghost. Yeah, he's a force ghost. <laughs> they mention yeah, him, dead. they show his suit, like that's enough for the people that you're talking about to get a boner. Yeah, this is true, though. <laughs> yeah, okay, but but no, but these movies are darker, and, you know, with, with Snyder and Back to Dawn of Justice, man, that was dark. I would have watched the DC TV shows. I'm not going to lie. It's the closest to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, uh, Flash, Arrow, and Legends of Tomorrow, and Vixen. They're a lot closer to what MCU is doing than what the DC movie verse is doing. Because I know you guys got your opinions about Legends and some of the other shows, but they come the closest to DC. I mean, a share universe well, versus... i watch Legends over BVS any day, bro. I'll take some bad acting <laughs> over just bad movie. Yeah, I'd rather see Brandon Routh than Henry Cavill. Yeah. Oh, I would, too. I would, too. But yeah, if Henry Cavill and, and then take the place Hawkgirl. Oh, my God. Oh, she's hot. Oh yeah, yeah. She she she's nice. You know, I you know, that's a good show. You know, Legends is you know the guy that no, plays Vandal Savage. It's, not, but, but it's it, not a good show, but it has its moments. Yeah, it has its moments. <laughs> I, I, I like the show. I, too far, girl. A, <laughs> for real. I like the show though. And, Let's you know, not jump the shark here. Yeah, but you know what? I, I no, I, I'll say that for another time. But no, back to Jacko's point and to people that hate 
uh, the Nolan movies, and they like this movie. Man, they 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 underutilized Batman in this movie. It was cool. Batman was cool, which we all expected. Just like the Joker's going to be cool in Suicide Squad, but they could be cool, but you got to have a good story with it. That's the and whole point. Batman was a David, David Ayer is not Zack Snyder. David Ayer has not made a bad movie yet, in my opinion. And no. He's a phenomenal director. He really gets crime drama. So I think him having a, even though they're cheesy comic book villains, like he is going to make magic with these characters because I, I have total, even with Will Smith's corny ass in it, I think that this movie is going to be <laughs> phenomenal because Ayer just brings it, you know what I mean, in my opinion, and like the trailers look awesome, and the fact that they're putting more Batman in it, like it doesn't hurt my feelings, but I knew it was coming, you know, like as soon as they said that Batman was going to be it in the first place, like this movie is basically Batman and Friends now, so, but whatever, it'll still be cool. You know, one thing that's given me a little bit of hope for Suicide Squad, and I was a little bit kind of like put off after Batman versus Superman. Um, it, you know, David Ayer, you're, you're right, he's made a lot of you know good movies so far, mm-hmm. but. One thing that really kind of put me recently over like the edge of supporting the movie is uh, an interview with uh, Tom Hardy, who was uh, scheduled to be in the movie. He had to drop out his role went to Joel Kinnaman from RoboCop, the remake. And um, he said, you know, there was rumors for a while that he dropped out of the project because the script sucked and he just wasn't happy with the movie and this and that. And he debunked that. He yeah, said, he no, came that, out and said that he, he said, was excited. Yeah, he said he was all hyped for it, that he was excited to do this thing, that the script was actually really good. But it was the Revenant, the production on that movie that went over production time, that caused him to lose sight on this movie. And he was really pissed off because he really wanted to be in this thing because it was so good the way they were putting everything together. That gave me a little bit of hope. So I'm hoping that Suicide Squad is a good movie. And by all means, one, you know, the trailers have been bad and then good and it hasn't been terrible like it's been it's just been mixed you know in the, the trailers don't like the fact that will smith is in it i'm not a fan uh, i do like the fact that uh scott eastwood is in it that's cool i, I think that uh he's gonna be a young good actor i'm a big fan of his, a fan of his dad so you know gotta support the kid yeah. and um you know, look, the, the rest of the cast looks okay. Jai Courtney, not a fan. Uh, Jared Leto, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of his, but I'm still kind of iffy on his Joker. His Joker looks great. It looks weird to me. I don't know. I'm not a fan of the the whole tattoo. I like it. Yeah. That's a little bit off-putting, but well, we'll, the, see, uh, we'll see when he's in motion in the actual movie how he comes off. Yeah. So. Well, what I've seen of him in the trailer, I'm not a fan of the look either, but the character that he's played in the, in the clips that I've seen, I like it. I, th- I think that it works. And, um, you know, it's not going to be probably the quintessential Joker, but I think it's going to be a good one. That's true. I agree with that. Because his Joker, like Ben Affleck's Batman, if people remember that, and Don, they're going to be older. This Joker is much older. That's why they got the tats on him. And he's been yep. in prison for a long time. And this Batman is a little bit more ruthless. That, that's the only thing I kind of like about this person, Batman, Ben Affleck. Batman's a little bit more ruthless. He's older. It's like he's like about to commit suicide or something. So that's the only <laughs> cool thing kind of about this Batman. He's like suicidal. He just he don't take no junk. That, that's what saved Don, to be honest with you, with his Batman. His Batman. That, that was a positive, was it? Was his Batman. His Batman made me a fan. Yeah, but his um, Batman had some, so many like silly and downright stupid yeah. moments. Uh, and I can I can name off a list of stupid shit that happens in that movie. Yeah, him working out through half of the movie. That was that, yeah, the, the Rocky montage. That was retarded. Yeah, uh, the, the the montage to Rocky <laughs> Four. Yeah. Uh, no, but it, it, it so really there's was. some like some glaring stupid shit. Like for example, the branded uh, you know Batman thing. I brought this up in chat the other day. Yeah, where he brands people with the Batman and That's Superman true. logo. Why would Batman have the Superman logo in the middle when he's branding somebody? How would that make any sense? 
at all. Please explain that to me. That is just stupid. Imagine uh, before that he knew they both had mommy's name Martha. I mean, right. Like, I mean, what the hell? Like, now they're besties. I understand it now, but prehand? That makes no sense. <laughs> Then you, on top of that, you add more stupidity. Like, uh, for example, he's he's been around for twenty plus years, right? Why aren't the cops acting like they don't? They've never seen this guy before. Why aren't like the people terrified of him? Like, yeah, at this point, you should know Batman's a good guy, right? Like, you should know he's there to to help you. Why are the chicks that like are, like they talk to the cops and like, no, he's upstairs. Hey, leave us in here. No, no, no. Like they they're talking like they are they're terrified of Batman. Don't you know that at this point that Batman is the good guy? He's he's there to save you. Like, and the cops acting like they've never even seen this guy before. Like, he's a mystery. You know, Clark Kent is writing about him like he's never you know even encountered this person before. Like. He's never heard of Batman. Like he's been around for twenty years, guys. Even though he's maybe been, maybe he's been in hiding or in, in seclusion for five, six years or whatever it is, but he's still a very relevant person in Gotham City, which Zack Snyder now put right next to Metropolis yeah, because he's an like idiot. Oakland so, to uh, Metropolis is San Francisco. It's like right. They're like, the, I like that. that I did idea. like that. I like yeah. that. Yeah, but I would. Uh, it's too close. Not not but it, it's too it, close. No, it's no, too no, close. No, no, it's like the base. See, here's the thing. I like that idea. We gave a tribute to to me and uh, Johnny's backyard, so I didn't I didn't mind that part with the San Francisco because you got to do some things different. You know, one thing as comic book fans, I, I agree. I don't like changes either, drastic changes, but some changes are cool changes. I didn't mind that they were kind of close to each other. I'm used to them being apart. I agree with you, but then when he said that they trying to be like open in San Francisco, I was like, oh, okay, well I can accept that part. So I, I didn't mind. <laughs> but now, but now now Star City, it's going to be like San Jose. It's just like a little jaunt down the freeway, and then Opal <laughs> City. It's gonna, it's gonna be kind of like Concord. It's all, it's like right there in the in the Bay Area, but kind of like North Bay. And yeah, dude, like I, I don't know. It, it, Star, it seemed a little, it seemed a little silly Seattle. to me. Star City why the is fuck in the Bay Area. Why did Lois need an, a helicopter to get over there? It's just like across the Bay. I mean, goddamn. That movie. <laughs> why, why was Lois even in? Why was Lois even in the movie? She made the most like, retarded things humanly possible. Like it made no sense. Her her being in that movie made absolutely no sense. She added nothing to the film. She throws yeah. a, the spear in she the ocean. She added beauty. And she, she jumps in the ocean. Uh, Dude, that bitch ain't not hot. What are you talking about, fool? She's okay, but she's yeah, she didn't add all that much. Hell, uh, the Wonder Woman was a lot hotter than than than. Lois Lane, seriously. Uh, but look, there's so much like stupid stuff that, that if you're going to make a Batman versus Superman movie and you're going to call it that, by the love of God, make it about Batman fighting fucking Superman. Yeah. Make that more yeah. than than five minutes in the movie, for the love of God! Like literally, like I want if I, if you're gonna call it Batman v Superman or Batman versus Superman, I want like the first twenty minutes of the movie nonstop fights between these two. Like I want to see why they're at odds. I want it to be about them two and them two alone. I don't want to hear all this courtroom drama and yeah. and uh, Lois Lane going overseas to talk to some terrorist dude, and then Jimmy Olsen is in like what? But one minute in the movie, he gets shot to and, and killed. Bullets that she's got to walk around and ask congress members where did this you know Roman looks like you have I mean there's so much time wasted in this movie with stupid and shit meanwhile you got Batman running around wondering if he's Sylvia Brown so <laughs> exactly with his psychic dreams and shit mm-hmm. like they, there's hey, just, another thing that was done nothing makes one sense. more thing that was done Lex Luthor his, his, uh, wicked, oh, we haven't even touched kid. on Lex Luthor yet the, the most he is the Jar Jar Binks of the movie let's, let's he's dumb Lex Luthor was gone. Now I'm going to say this flat out on this air. I absolutely hated Lex Luthor in this movie. Because Lex Luthor, now, to compare the Civil War, now let's go back to Civil War. I hate to compare this. 
I have a problem with Zemo. Don't get it. I don't want you guys to make this mistake. I do not like this version of Zemo in Winter. I mean, in Civil War. But at least Zemo has a motivation. DC, if you're listening to this show, Zemo is weak. He has a weak link of Civil War. He has a motivation. Lex Luthor had no motivation. He just was evil, and he knew Superman's Batman's identity, and that's it. Lex Luthor was the dumbest character in the movie, and he was over the top. He just he made no sense. I'm like, what was Lex Luthor's purpose with Superman? Why was put, he so... Put a Jolly Rancher in a white Republican guy's mouth and go, here, it's a cherry. <laughs> every time I, I, every time he went, <laughs> I felt like really reaching in through the screen and just choking him to death. I mean, it was just an awful performance. I mean, when you're look, when you're adapting a character like Lex Luthor or like the Joker or you know any of these iconic villains that are you know the the the, the really the yang to the ying of the good guy in the movie. I mean, you want to stay to something that is true to the character. I mean, this is so off-putting uh, to what the character is that how do they even go forward with this character well, in the future? I mean, how well, do the you Lex, continue The only Lex that they've ever nailed, I, I'm not a Superman fan like you, but the Smallville. only one that I put any stock behind, yeah. Rosenblatt. Yeah, and Smallville. Dude, that, that kid fucking nailed it. He was magic as Lex Luthor. And um, I don't understand why nobody's tried to even replicate his performance i mean like exactly. if they can't get him back at least get somebody to pretend to act like him because he had but you him. know what but you know what johnny they never only person only two people in history has played lex luther right and that was loud tablet from 1946 lex luther from the original black and white superman serials he was the best lex luther on screen he looked like him he was sad he was old he was a mad scientist and then michael Rosa, but every lex luther and i will say this they have never gotten Lex Luthor right on the screen, except the Joker. Joker, they've always gotten right. But Lex Luthor, never. Gene Hackman was horrible as, as yeah, Lex and I'm a huge, I'm a huge Gene Hackman fan, and he is Me awful. Me too. He's he was horrible. Uh, John Shee was horrible from Lois and Clark. That dude that played on Superboy was Kevin horrible. Kevin Spacey was oh. awful. And I'm a huge yeah, because Kevin Spacey was doing a Gene Hackman version of Lex. Dude, Gene mm-hmm. Hackman was playing Dr. Evil. <laughs> I don't know what I saw. But Lex Luthor, Basically. they never got right. Lex Luthor was a character that they could never get right except for Lyle Talbot and uh, uh, Michael Rosenberg. They never had a good Lex Luthor on the screen because Warner Brothers, they never knew how to capture that character. Even and now Eisenberg is the worst one, but I told people this. I told a lot of people that I debated them. I said they never got Lex Luthor right in the first place when it came to be. And he's, a, he's a still character in the comic book. Because I, I read Lex Luthor a lot in, in DC. He's not, he's like one of the worst villains in DC Universe. Now, people would get mad and they're going to send Jack on hate mail. Remember, listen to PSN, people. That's an advertisement. Send Don't send it to me, mail. send it to the Cali guy. <laughs> well, Lex Luthor is the worst character in comic books, hands down. As DC villains, he is garbage. Oh, they never know what to do it. You're right, but you're wrong. Like, if you read the Brian Azzurlo, um Libra Mejo graphic novels, Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, and um, Lex, I read like, th- those, those are, are phenomenal. Like, those are, I mean, those are two Lex, of the best. Look, Lex could be a great villain if it's done properly. You're right. Rosenbaum in the modern age is the best representation of the character on screen, off screen, small screen, big screen, whatever. He has been the best one who's done it. Funny enough, he was petitioning 
everywhere to try to get the role when they were casting it and they overlooked them again. And think about how think about the difference that would have made if they would have gotten Rosenbaum to play the character the way he played it on the TV show. Sure, it's a it's a different adaptation. It's not the TV show. I think the fans would have been okay with that because we understand that this is not that TV yeah. show. But it's the same guy, and he brought that kind of gravitas to the character already on TV. Imagine on the big screen the difference that would have made having him play the role. It, it, there's just certain things that they would have done differently on casting in this movie. They would have added so much more depth to the characters mm-hmm. and to what was going on. And again, it goes back to mistakes in casting. And that happened throughout this entire movie. Too many casting mistakes. And again, you lose the audience when you have the wrong char- actors and the wrong characters. Mm-hmm. Look, it, it, honestly, it, you, even if you don't get Rosenbaum, there's a couple actors out there that would have played a, an amazing Lex Luthor. Billy Zane. Billy oh. Zane. You know, Billy Zane is my top choice by far. And he, I don't know how the I don't know how the hell uh, he hasn't gotten the role. Vincent D'Onofrio would have been great if they had got him before he played Kingpin. No, he's Kingpin. You can't touch him. That's, that's yeah. yeah. No, but if they had got, if they he, had got him, no, no, but he is fucking Kingpin, dude. Like, no, yeah. I'm not accepting. He's Kingpin. <laughs> but no, Billy Zane to me is the perfect Lex Luthor. I mean, he looks like the comic book version, sounds like the animated version of Lex Luthor. His voice sounds like the cartoon Lex Luthor. I don't understand how you missed that up. How, how do you not get that guy? He is—he hasn't been working a lot of projects in a lot of, in the last few years, so you know he might be available. Go and get him. He, he's an actor. He's a good actor. He's been in a lot of good things, and he's a very talented guy. And we know he plays the bad guy really well. He did it on uh, Titanic, and he's done it before. So, and and hey, the, the uh, crypt, Demon Knight. Yeah, yeah, Tales from the Crypt. Billy Zane was great. He's awesome. You know what I mean? He would have been a phenomenal Lex Luthor. You add somebody like him or somebody like Rosenbaum, and all of a sudden the Lex Luthor character is a much better character. I love yeah. Dead Tides, by the way, with Billy Zane years and uh, Nicole Kidman, I believe it was. I think so. Yeah, that's the one where they're on the boat. They're on the boat. Yeah, it's the psycho guy. It was a great movie. No, he plays. He plays bad guy, psycho guy, perfect, Mm -hmm. which is what you want Lex Luthor to be. And you're absolutely right. They've never gotten him right. Gene Hackman was a piss poor Lex Luthor. The only reason that worked was because it was in a campy version of Superman. It was done in the '70s and '80s, and it had an, uh, an amazing actor playing Superman. Yeah, that's it. It worked for the cartoony element that they were. That's it. But if you're going for a more modern-day version of Superman than Batman, and you're going a little bit more grittier and realistic and darker, why do you have a guy who's campier than the guy who did it in the 70s? Yeah. Because they were trying to be moderate. Because that Lex Luthor that he was using, in a, he's supposed to be the, uh, what's his name, that Martin Zuckerberg, because he was going moderate. Because he picked Eisenberg, for Martin Zuckerberg reasons. He was trying to make Lex Luthor in that universe like a Martin Zuckerberg type of character. That's yeah, but he, he even fails at that because he doesn't even act like Mark yeah, Zuckerberg Yeah, he doesn't even did. play like how he did in Social no. Network. <laughs> it would be one thing if he no. actually acted like Yeah, Luthor. I agree. He, he's I agree. acting like Jim Carrey's the Riddler most of the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> even worse. But no like, motivation. He's, like over, he's overdoing Jim Carrey. None. And I still no don't understand the whole thing. I still don't understand the whole thing with the urine in the movie. That was just stupid. The pig's pee, oh, the yeah. Planet. Yeah, it's it was just... retarded. I mean, Lex Luthor in that movie was the worst thing. I like Doomsday over, over Lex Luthor in that movie. So, and, and the guy that played KG Beast was fine. So I like the guy that Russian dude that was KG Beast. But everything else, uh, and, you know, that was just uh, Lex Luthor was horrible. 
in that the movie. Casting I might watch. decision that didn't have me completely face palming throughout the entire production was Jeremy Irons as Alfred, and he was stellar in the film. He shined like he is going to be one of the main parts that brings the Batfleck solo film all the way through. Like, um, you that- just like the the fact that he read that line really well, like the anger and the rage makes a his reading is phenomenal he has a great voice and that that is a great line it is really well written that's about the only like memorable thing in the entire movie is his dialogue yeah. that's it that's outfit that's actually it. he's a good outfit that's yeah. outfit that they picked like I said the outfit and that Batman was the best thing in that movie the Batman fighting in that movie his Batmobile, all that was on. Look, I'll, I'll say this much, and you know how, how much I hate the character, the uh, the casting of uh, Ben Affleck as Batman. But I will say this much: had he been given a better script, he would have been a decent Batman because he was the best thing in a in a terrible movie. But I still don't think that his character was really well written. There's a lot of stupid shit that happened with him, and I still can't say he was good in the movie because he was part of the bad shit that happened. You know what I mean? I think that the best, you know, the best he was as Bruce Wayne was when he was in the uh, in the actual the heat of the moment where Superman's fighting. Zod I thought he was the and best he's running... as Bruce Wayne when he was in the dressing room, but right, oh, well, be- that... right before they they put him on set. <laughs> well, 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 it's like it's the same thing. I don't have a problem with Amy Adams. She's a phenomenal actress, and she, I think, she could probably play a great Lois Lane if they put her in a movie where she can was at, wasn't written as a. Low exactly. Right. This is but, this movie was not supposed to be a, a, a Lois Lane Superman. It's supposed to be Batman versus Superman. That's the, the title of the movie. Stupid in Man of Steel too. So right. like I, I was carrying but, that. But look, going back to what I was saying about Ben, uh, it, it look. I think the best scenes that he had was just the very beginning where he is running towards the the tower and everything's happening and yeah. that whole moment. I thought that was his best moment. I thought everything else was very, very, like, either downright stupid or, or insulting to the But that's not character. his fault. That's, that's, that's his, it, exactly. He, that's he, not his fault. That's not his fault. Yeah. It's the, the fault of the writers and the director. Yeah, he, and in a sense, he, in a sense, it is his fault because he brought in that writer, Chris Terrio, who wrote that shit. And he also, and this is something that was documented, uh, several weeks into production, while they were filming, he started rewriting some of his own scenes because he didn't like. He was still wasn't one hundred percent satisfied with what was going on, so he he kept rewriting as the movie was being shot. So in a sense, it is his fault as well. Well, here's the thing with it. Uh, it it's part of it's his fault, but here's the thing: most of the movie was setting up that Justice League movie. He did his part as Batman. He did what he had to do to sell that Batman part. It was the movie. It was the structure of the movie, the way the movie was positioned. If it was a solo Batman movie, it would be no issue. But it was because they had Superman versus Batman in the movie, so you had the scenes with Superman with Cavill and whatever plot they were doing with Eisenberg. Batman was the thing that saved the movie. Batman had the coolest scenes. Batman, his Bruce Wayne was pretty good. His, his Bruce Wayne wasn't even bad. So, because Batman was on point, it just was the structure of that film. That was the whole issue. Just like um, you could say the same thing for Avengers 1. Uh, Tony Stark, some things in, I mean, no, Dunham, uh, not uh, Avengers 1, I'm sorry, Age of Ultron. Age of Ultron, Tony Stark stole the movie in Age of Ultron. Now, everybody else kind of was going their own way, but Tony kind of saved that movie. He was the highlight of the movie. Vision and saved the movie. Vision, dude. Yeah, I was about to say Vision. 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 Yeah, yeah. Uh, Vision Iron saved the movie. I, look, I love Age of Ultron. I don't I don't understand why some of the fans don't like it. Yeah, I, I, thought, it was, I thought it was a great movie. I liked it. I only seen it one time. 
It was it was meh. I liked it. Yeah, it was garbage, man. The way I they did Stuker at the beginning of the movie, they wasted the, the, the romance between Hulk and Black Widow. Why the fuck it was that in the garbage. movie? And then Hawkeye's family that was retarded, man. That no, was sentimental. That was see, showing they, that he was see, a human, man. I cried. I shed a tear, man. You wouldn't have liked it, dude, because like that's not how the character's supposed to be. The same things you're bitching about Donna Justice doing to DC characters, for Josh Whedon just did to Marvel characters in that crap movie, man. So like honestly, I, exactly. Okay, in the in the he's history of Hawkeye, on, hold on. Bro. In the history of Hawkeye, he's never had a family ever. No, like he's Martin. never had a family. Okay, no. has that has that ever been discussed at all, or is it something just? No, Hawkeye was a. He's an alcoholic. Like, he sleeps in his outfit. He has a dog called Pizza Dog, and he lives in a flop house. With well, the, then the... fuck Age of Ultron. They fucked it up. I still like the movie, though. No, it's, no, it's, no. It's and, fine. And... I mean, like, it's not... It's great for what it is, and, like, it's a movie that, like, it's important because they brought out Vision. There's an Infinity Stone in it, but it's not one of the best Marvel movies. Even you gotta admit that. Top four for me. But, and you know what, too? He was married. He was married to Mockingbird. But they divorced him kind of fast. She was a superhero, so well, never, um, he never had a family with the house in the woods. No, and shit. never, never. And, and Hawkeye. See, here's the thing with that. Jeremy Renner was bitching uh, that Hawkeye didn't have a major role in Avenger One, so we then caved and gave him that stupid backstory, which they should have cut that shit out the movie. And I think the big difference, though, is some of the stuff that I was bitching about in Batman versus Superman is because that's Batman and Superman. Hawkeye I is such a like care. third. Yeah, but Hawkeye is such a third-rate character that yeah, who cares if they add a embellished a little bit? Embellished because he's a third-rate character. Like make him cooler than what well, he is. He's not everything Batman or Superman. Cool. Come on. Underwater on the outside. Cool. Come we're on. We're running out of time though, and like I kind of wanted to. Um, we kind of promised Chris that he could wig out about Jungle Book, and we got about ten minutes left. Oh. I was wondering if maybe we could let um no we do don't a little Jungle Book. Well, okay, I, well we could do a little bit of Jungle Book. Sure, let's just step back into the Jungle Book. Why not? Yeah, is that cool, Jackal? A weem away, a weem away. Oh wait, that's the wrong movie. Yeah, it's, that's that's <laughs> Lion King, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's Lion King, which Lion King. they're eventually going to do as a live action movie. They yes. have to have. After yeah. this movie, uh, let's go over the top ten real quick, and then we'll start sure. like uh, we'll spaz out from there on the Jungle Sounds Book a good. little bit. Okay. Uh, the top ten this weekend, uh, and this is uh, from April 29th through May the first. So this is currently the uh, the weekend uh, top ten box office results, and this is uh, I guess an estimate because you know the hundred uh, percent they are not hundred percent sure until Monday or Tuesday. But uh, estimates right now, number ten is the movie Criminal, uh, brought in one point three million. Number nine, Go Batman. Gal. Yeah, number nine, Batman v Superman with three million. How yeah. can you say it's a failure? It made three million this week, Jackal. God damn it, it's a hit. Damn it. Number eight this week, The Boss with four point two million, and uh, that's with uh, Melissa McCarthy, who's going to destroy the Ghostbusters franchise. Number seven, Ratchet and Clank, with uh, which debuted at uh, number seven. That's terrible. Great film. Uh, I love the video game though. Yeah, oh, you'll, man, you'll love was... the movie, man. It's it's really fun. I Your wanted to see like this. Uh, Surprisingly, bombed this bad. Four point eight million. Number six, Zootopia, with five million, and that's made a ton of money. Another masterpiece. Uh, I love that I'll movie. Say, that oh, is man. a masterpiece. That, yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah. Number five, Barbershop, the next cut, with six million, and that's. Uh, uh, well, I haven't seen it, but I like the first one a lot. I haven't seen the second one either. Uh, number four, Mother's Day, eight million. Number and this is one I really want to see. Number three, Keanu. Oh God, yeah, man, that looks so great. Ah, mm-hmm. that looks good. I want to see. I that. love Key and Peele, man. They're so funny. That's a pow pow. 
Number two, The Huntsman, The Winter's War. Fucking Hemsworth. Thank you very much, Thor. No. Yeah, it's basically with Thor on in a different storyline. Number one, and the movie we're going to talk about for the next couple minutes here, The Jungle Book. Once again, number one at the box office for its third week in a row with $42.4 million at the box office. Wow. And that's three weeks in a row. It's not going to get a fourth week because next week, of no. course, Captain America Civil War will open up and it, it will dethrone Jungle Book. Uh, but I'm so happy this movie's doing so well. And I still I still think it's, it's got a chance at 900 to a billion uh, worldwide. I think it's going to do that well. It's just it's making a ton of cash. And uh, it was such a good movie. Yeah, um, I had a lot of I, mean, the CGI I had a lot of fun flawless. Look, I, I, I went, you know, when I went to see this movie, I, I kind of had no expectations because it's a live action version of the Jungle Book, which I haven't seen in many years. I, you know, as a kid when that when the original was already out for many years, uh, so when I saw it as a kid, yeah, I liked it. It was cool, uh, but I'm not, you know, a, a, a fanatic to the Jungle Book cartoon or anything. So I, I kind of went. Just kind of like you know wanted to see because it looked cool. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But when I saw this movie, my God, it just captured me from the very beginning. It's a phenomenally well shot movie. Uh, John Favreau, man, he's on a roll. He really is. Uh, He's one of I think one of the best working uh, directors uh, today. I mean, and he's a great actor also. But The Chef, Jungle Book, Cowboys and Aliens, Iron Man, uh, Zatura. I mean, he's made such great movies. Elf, Zatura. Yeah, so through he did that. He did Elf too. That's right. Okay, yes. he did do Elf. That's right. And one of my favorite movies ever, an independent movie called Made. He did that also. So I mean, he is just a, an amazing director, and he knocked it out of the park with the Jungle Book. As you said, the special effects are brilliant I, in this cr- movie. Yeah, just amazing. amazing. Chris, uh, give your two cents on, on this one. Uh, you know, I went in with all those same expectations going into it, not knowing what to expect, and really didn't want to go. And expect too much. And um, I was just really blown away. And it really took in my kid, my two-year-old, because I had to take him and uh, the whole family, of course. But he was just – every animal that came along was just pointing out and, and trying to – all the ones that he knew. And it, and it was fast-paced. It wasn't a movie where you know it had its action and then it stopped. And then you're kind of, oh, all right. It just – it moved. And um, the kid didn't overact. He, he 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 did it to to the perfect. Far as I'm concerned, it was just kind of the perfect kid for yep. uh, the role. And um, Bill Murray was great. And and I was also glad that they didn't go into uh, musical because I kind of thought it would turn into a little bit of a musical because like the cartoon, of course. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't. And they had a couple had a of a couple bit, moments little, that they sang, yeah, yeah, the yeah, bare necessities. Little, yeah, nothing that was like, oh God, like like uh, the Grinch, you know, with Jim Carrey. But um, yeah, I, it, I was very well done. If if uh, if I had to say, I would expect a, a remake of that within within the next three years. <laughs> For sure, and I'll, I'll tell you this much: uh, anything, uh, any any time you can watch Christopher Walken uh, play a character like King Louis, uh, that's just a, a dream, you know. Because well, that my chase God, was scene he where he's chasing Mook—that's one of the coolest shot things I've seen Ever. in a long time. Really man. Was. so cool. I mean, and especially did you guys stay uh, for the the credit scene? You saw the, the musical at the at the credit scene when he's singing as King Louis. Did you guys yeah, see that? Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I was so uh, happy that they actually included that because like that was what I wanted to see as him do that yes. song. They actually they actually did add it in. That was great. 
I mean, the voice actors in this thing, Bill Murray was hysterical in this. He uh, was. Christopher Walken, again, great. Ben Kingsley, Lupita Nyong'o, Idris Elba, Scarlett Johansson. I mean, the cast was phenomenal. They had a great cast. Mm-hmm. They really did. Star-studded. But, but they were all voice actors, and they all nailed it, nailed it, nailed it. Uh, and again, I, like you, I'm glad they didn't go into, like, full-out musical. They just had a couple of parts here and there that they sang in. Uh, you have to have bare necessities. In a Jungle Book yeah. movie, I'm sorry, it just yeah. has to have that. Yeah, just got her. That's the thing. That has to be in there. Uh, and the 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 tone of the movie was just perfect. I mean, the way this movie played out, it wasn't uh, over the top, like you said. The, the little kid was just steady. You know, he was good. He wasn't like at any point annoying or or came off as a brat or anything. Just he was very, you know, didn't say play- yippee. So no, he people he aren't going to hate on him for that. He he played. Uh, the part, the way a kid would play the part, like he was very much like a regular kid, and he really he reminded Mowgli. me of Mowgli. He reminded me of Mowgli from the cartoon. He was perfectly picked. He looked the part. He felt the part. I mean, I just think he. he I hope they make two or three movies before he gets too old to stop playing this role because that kid was great in this movie. Uh, there's there should be a few Oscars, uh, you know, given to this film because uh, just for cinematography, special effects, uh, music. Uh, for those things alone, it should be nominated. But I let's talk about the director agree. Um, producing. Uh, you know, there's so many other uh, Oscars that deserved uh, that this movie deserves. Uh, look, Bill Murray effects. deserves an Oscar for his role in this because he was sure. hysterical in this thing uh, as best supporting actor. Christopher Walken deserves an Oscar nod for best supporting actor. Mm-hmm. I mean, these guys were just great in this movie, and this is uh, for the kid himself. He and I would even give him uh, like a best actor nomination. I know he's a little kid, but why not? He was great in this. This is something that people don't understand, and some of the, the people that might have, you know, said some negative Finding about a the kid, kid that can act that well no. in an epic film with with no, so not many only that. with so many not CGI only, characters. No, not only that is you have to get you have to understand he is acting in an all green room. Yeah. Literally next to nothing most of the time. Yep. Tennis balls uh, so, on sticks and t- stuff. Sometimes tennis, tennis balls on sticks. And he does it perfectly. I, mean, I don't know how many takes they went through, but he is believable when he's talking to the animals. You believe he's talking to the animals. When he's mm-hmm. caressing the wolves, he, he, like it looks like he's really doing it. When he's talking to the panther, I mean, everything looks organically perfect. And he sells it with the, the way he performs in each scene. So the kid is a gifted young actor. And this is... Probably his first movie. I've never really heard of this kid before, but yeah. he he is one to you know keep an eye on because he's a really good young actor. So I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they you know talk about him for an Oscar nomination at some point. I really want to see more of these uh, Jungle Book uh, movies. I hope they make another uh, sequel well, that, or two. Surprisingly violent, of... actually, for those people that probably yes. been really surprised about the violence, yes. and it, it was very uh, just kind of like, oh, okay. Uh, they're you know they're definitely uh, getting a little real here, so that was that was kind of interesting. But I like they, they pushed yeah they pushed the envelope of what a PG could be as yeah. much as possible. They really did. Um, Johnny, you want to say something about the Jungle Book here? Well, there was um it followed more with, along with Kipling's books. I mean, like he really wrote a story about it how did. the the law of the jungle works, and like they really captured it. And there's so many more adventures of Mowgli and these characters that like Disney really could adapt and make more films out of. I mean, like they really kind of just did yeah. like a, a melded a few stories together, but there's still a lot more Jungle Book that they could make films out of. So I hope so too. That's all I was going to add. And yeah. also. Uh, another thing we don't want to add, even though I said it before, uh, it is Gary Shantling's last. Ah, uh, yes. And, uh, he spoke the very first word out of the whole entire movie. He was the porcupine. I believe was it the porcupine. Yep. In the beginning. Uh-huh. Yes. And yep. he did speak the very first word, 
So yeah, it was. It was his uh, his last show, and so yeah, wonderful. Yeah, that you know what he gets lost in, in the casting uh, of this movie. He does it's a great cast, uh, but he he was he's very funny, very funny man, and uh, this is uh, his last performance. Yeah. One of the many taken in the last year and a half that's just been just terrible. I mean, like so many gifted. Yeah, people. that was another thing. I go down the the people taken. that that have gone. You know, uh, there's just been uh, you know with Prince, obviously. Uh, you know, um, we get down to I, I believe it is Merle Haggard, a country singer that's gone, and then you want to get to what's her name from uh, uh, Doris Roberts, I believe her name. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, pass away, and. Um, Yep. So it's been it, a lot. This of, has been the year of the death. Twenty six. Has guys watching the uh, Hall of Fame, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, and uh, had an NWA and all that. They're showing in it, and uh, anyway, but they were doing their little memorial of all the people that have passed, and there really has. Mm-hmm. There's been so many of them, and there's been a lot of them that you go, oh wow, you know, they passed, and they're really great, great musicians that weren't really out there still that people kind of forgot about a little bit that had passed too that I was shocked to see and so watch and, and it's only uh, it's only May yeah I know it it's is. only May 2nd <laughs> there's so was, much more time I was curious to see that, that Vanity uh, died and Prince died uh, uh, she died also I'd forgotten about her dying but see Vanity and Prince had a thing um, years ago uh, he, it was one of his little flings he was with way back in the early 80s. And so um, I, her and Sheena E were two. It was kind of got him con- uh, confused because he's with both of them. But right. nevertheless, they both passed in the same year. So and I saw something weird about Prince's death. Uh, that I don't know if you saw this about the elevator. Um, did, you, did you hear about this yet? Well, I heard that he had had prescription. They found him in an elevator alone. He had had prescription pills in his pocket, they said. Well, besides that, for years, uh, yeah, Perkins, yeah, but for years, well, they don't know if that's what killed him yet. They store toxicology hasn't come back yet, but um, they're saying that for years uh, he had been terrified of elevators, and he actually uh, had uh, had a conversation with somebody a few days before he died, where he told them or he asked them, "Do you know what an elevator really is?" And he said something along the lines uh, to the uh, to the effect that the elevator is the soul to the devil, or it's the devil itself, or something like that. And then he dies in an elevator. Hmm. Creepy. Huh. Like a few days later, he just dies yeah. in the elevator. I-, I doubt that he died of Percocet overdose. It that that it's an opiate, but it's a very weak one. Well, and he, he would have to take so many, and like it what? would be apparent he, he had a foamed at the mouth. He might have been. Uh, it might have been one of those things where, from from the perception of what I know of the the, the Jehovah Witness Prince, who's what he was. He was baptized in 2013, and uh, what I would so was Michael Jackson, think, by the way, Jehovah's Witness. Well, yeah. Hey, yep, but but anyway, this guy was a serious Ironic guy. Enough. Since yeah. yeah, I know it, but he was a serious in the, in this, uh, what he believed in Jehovah, and um, maybe it was that he had the serious pain. He hadn't taken very many pills, and he was having to take the pills at that point in time because he was maybe things were happening. Maybe he had to have surgery, like they were saying. Who knows? And they had a reaction. Oh, he might. I mean, he yeah. might be allergic. But the thing is, is like with Michael Jackson, he was taking really strong. He was taking like sure. Dilaudid oh, and Oxycontin, yeah, was, Percocets. They were way. just putting the doctor was just putting him to sleep, basically, and waking him yep. up. Oh. Yep, yep. Comparative to what Michael Jackson was taking, the Percocets that Prince was on was like taking Tylenol, man. Honestly, sure. so 
So that um, that might have been there. He might have just I mean, had it's still a, a narcotic, but I mean, or who knows? It's really dude. hard to kill yourself on him. Is all I'm trying to say. You have to take a lot of them. Well, I've taken 16 of them today, and I've drinking a half a gallon of whiskey. And I'm still Dang. going strong. He's still kicking, so, kicking strong. You know, I'm still kicking you, know you know what's funny, though, um, about, about the entire uh, Prince thing? He was a vegan. He was uh, a health nut. Supposedly he was uh, like religiously uh, working out all the time. Uh, he was in excellent shape, according to like a lot of the uh, people within his circle. Um so I mean, it had to be something like like stronger than Percocet, I think, to kill this guy, because it, it just wouldn't make any sense, and especially at his age, still a kind of a relatively young person. Um, before we go off air, I want to give Cali guy a chance here to say anything he wants to say about Jungle Book or Prince or anything. Yeah, we didn't hear Cali guy's opinion on Jungle Book. If he even yep. gives a rat's. Oh, you know what? I've seen, I haven't seen the movie, but I do want to see it um, from the trailers. I, I like, because I've always been a fan of that original cartoon of Jungle Book. I didn't make too many comments trying to see the movie, but I like the trailers and I do want to see it. So I'm going to come back on the show after I see it and I can really break it down. But though, Jungle Book was perfect how he filmed it. Uh, if you guys see Magnificent, uh, it kind of reminds me of Magnific- uh, Magnificent and um, yeah, what's the other one? Cinderella. So Disney's doing a yep. really good job. Uh, on making these live action uh, films based mm-hmm. off of their cartoons. So, and as far as press is concerned, I, I'm holding off on the cause of death right now because I'm still doing a little research on it. So that's why I didn't really comment too much on on uh, Prince. But I will say that you know he was sick and he went to the hospital. I know that TMZ reported this. Yeah. Uh, two weeks before he died, and so. You know, he probably had ammonia or something like that because he was performing. He came back out here to California. He was in Oakland. So he was in Oakland and he performed. So I just know when you're 67 and you're on a plane, and Jeffrey, you know this, and John, you guys travel. I used to travel too. And when you're traveling on planes and you're that old and, you're, and your health is declining because Andy Kaufman was a health nut too, believe it or not. I don't know mm-hmm. if you guys follow Andy Kaufman. I mean, that man was a vegan and he was in shape, but man, that cancer hit him. Yep. He died. So, well, I mean, know, so. there's there's rumors that Prince uh, might have had AIDS or might have had cancer. I heard that. Uh, the AIDS one uh, makes a little bit of sense, uh, you know, his size and weight. Uh, something like pneumonia would kill him, uh, you know, easily. Uh, and look, the the rumor, if you listen to what the rumor is, it kind of makes sense considering his religious background also. Uh, they're saying that he joined a religious group, as we know he did a few years ago. And was, uh, did, he have a girl, did he have a girlfriend <clears throat> or a wife or any, anybody no, at the time? No, no he, he was single at the time. He's been married twice before and had a kid who passed away at a few years after being born or a year after being born. Uh, but his with, with, with the rumors that he joined this religious group, which we know he did, and they, they talked him out of uh, taking this medication because they told him that he was cured uh, from the AIDS because God cured him when he became part of this religion. And he believed it, and he stopped taking his medication. Boom, this happens because the AIDS came back, uh, and it went from HIV to AIDS, and now he's got AIDS full-blown, and now he's dead. That's the rumor. It's right now. It's a rumor. It's not a fact. We're going to find out when the toxicology and the you know. I the think that's a rumor. Autopsy in the sense reports on the, the well, way I mean, he with, was. He would tell he, him not a, to take pills for that. He's a notorious I, horn dog, though. I mean, like he was yeah. known for like running through the ladies back in the day. So I mean, that's I that's why there's a good possibility that yeah, he probably did have HIV or something. And Look, the jackal head. 
The jackalhead when we reported that. <laughs> hey, no, I'm, not the, I'm, show, I'm not the one who reported <laughs> that. Actually, something that I've read on a couple of different websites uh, where it is a legit, it, yeah. it's a legit rumor that he might have had HIV at one point. They talked him out of taking the medication. He stopped and never went to full-blown AIDS. Boom. Now, if, you know, a couple of years later, he's dead because he didn't take care you know of himself. You who did that too, Jackal? But you know who did that too? I don't going off the air real quick. Uh, what's his name that used to box? Remember Rocky uh, Fox? Yes. Tommy uh, Morrison, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Tommy Morrison was an AIDS denier. Yeah. And remember, he stopped taking his meds because he didn't believe that AIDS, HIV was real. And remember, yeah. they killed him a couple of years ago. So it, they're saying basically that Prince is an AIDS denier, then, in, in other words. It, 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 it may make sense because Tommy Morrison did the same thing a couple of years ago. So yep. we we'll have to see, like I said, that toxicology is going to be real important. And, and I think we'll be talking about this for weeks to come. So, no, here's you know, the thing. It would make sense because remember we're talking about guys with big egos, you know Prince, I'm Morrison. Yeah. These guys have huge egos, and when you're that kind of famous, you don't think anything can touch you, especially when you you're in good health for the most part. You feel good, you can run, you can exercise, you can do whatever well, you want to do. Prince's hair. You're traveling, yeah, and he still looked relatively the same as he did in the '80s. He hadn't aged much, so I mean, I'm sure in his mind he's like, ah, oh, man, I'm ageless. I'm you know I'm untouchable. I'm Prince, and he might have just said, you know what, the, the religion's right. I'm cured. I don't have anything. And, you know, he gave way to that stupidity, and now he's dead for not paying attention to his own health and really doing what he had to do for himself, which I think the next person who's going to go down this road is going to be Charlie Sheen because uh, he's another hot case, uh, uh, hothead, who's going to end up getting off his medication. I mean, he's already, like, kind of off the medication. He was taking some... Yeah, they, he's not real consistent on it. And, you know, yeah. Dr. Oz has been working with him, and it's been a guy who is, like, calling Sheen, texting Sheen um, every day, religiously, making sure that he is on the medicine. And then, well, if you know a little about... I get it, we don't have a lot of time, but nevertheless, he's been working heavily with Charlie Sheen on this whole deal because Charlie is... Uh, not real consistent on taking the pills. No, no, he's not. And if they don't take this medication, they're gonna they die. I mean that. Yeah. That's what that, that's what's kept Magic Johnson alive for all these years. I mean, because he is on point. He takes his meds. He knows what's up. Right. So you know, and I'm, I wouldn't be shocked if that's what happened with Prince here. It would be sad. Wouldn't shock me though. Uh, but guys, we are we're completely out of time. In fact, we're a little bit over. But it's okay. It's okay. It's all good. We're talking about Prince, and uh, you know that happens. New power generation. Plug, um, yeah, I'm gonna miss him. He was a great performer. That that Super Bowl performance still to me is the best Super Bowl halftime ever. So I agree. He's gonna be missed. Uh, but guys, we'll be back next week on the roundtable at the same time. 